really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you, well, you know what? My favorite pair is back, so screw the regular intro. We are back <laughs> once again with my brothers from other mothers. Let's just get right to them in alphabetical order. The man who dreams of Metallica actually being a rugby team, Mr. John, still trying to shake off rumors I was the singer for Yes, Anderson. John, how the F are you? I'm I'm very well, and I must say, when I received delivery of a lovely Christmas note from you, David, um, I did particularly enjoy the face that the post uh, post person pulled as they were handing me the the note, reading the <laughs> not the singer from Yes, uh, and we had Scotland, we had Earth, the universe as well. Oh, it was it was a beautiful <laughs> moment. Beautiful moment. No, I'm, well, I'm very well my Thank efforts you. to make it as specific as possible didn't exactly increase the time again it took to <laughs> no well it's still to go, yeah 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 maybe that actually added to the confusion maybe maybe it actually got sent to because maybe john anderson from yes actually uses the idea of not john anderson from yes so it added to the confusion <laughs> and the post system exploded adding the planet means they had to missort it so it actually went into the mars bin for a little while yeah there. yeah 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 obviously <laughs> <laughs> uh of, of course his worthy counterpart and one of the genuinely kindest men i ever hope to meet mr craig the craig man manson craig welcome back and what say you hey david how you doing it's uh nice to be back and um and and Thank you for the kind words. I have to say that John Anderson doesn't think I'm the kindest man in the world. So, you know, it's an interesting one. And it's funnily enough, I don't think uh, neither does Johnny McGinty, who's on our podcast. And uh, <laughs> maybe, I've, maybe I'm just this big cuddly bear that people then don't realise have a, has heart or steel. They spend their time winding you up until you snap. And then they go, well, Craig's out of control again. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I just say one thing? And this is just before we start. Mr. Anderson, of all people, constantly fishes for me on our on our messenger. We we talk on the messenger site um, just because we keep in touch and we talk about the games that are going on and everything like that. And I've never, um, I've I've got to the point now where I've stopped answering him because I've realized, <laughs> I've realized that he's all he's doing. He's not actually making a comment on the game. He's just trying to poke at me. So, uh, so I've started. I realised, you know, we need to. I need to put a lid on this something. <laughs> as our, as your listeners, we count on that. <laughs> so, John, keep up the good work. Oh, it's, do you know that's the thing. I think like the thing is like it's, it's a lot of time. It's quite obvious that I'm fishing, but there's still some. Some of the fishing is like top quality and. There is still that opportunity just to get that wee nibble from you occasionally, which that keeps me that you know that is that's my fulfilment in all this. And there's the difference between you, uh, between me and John Anderson. John Anderson thinks he's fishing his top quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's really about quantity more than quality in the end, though. That's oh, right, it's yeah, definitely quantity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro broken clock and all that. <laughs> 
So, uh, quick side note. Last time you guys gave me a shout-out on the Scottish Rugby Pod, it was about my snide jokes about Owen Farrell high-tackling a bunch of kids to celebrate his 100th cap. Like clockwork, here we are again. Should we just plan these things around uh, Owen Farrell getting sighted? Well, I mean, may- maybe not so much plan it around him being sighted because obviously, you know, the, the, he's, that's, that's him. He's finally managed to get a couple of sightings under his belt, which he should have a rap sheet the length of, you know, length of a second row, but he's he's managed to go under the radar whilst also going too high in the tackle and using his T-Rex arms. So um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll just put a planet based on what we see as opposed to what the officials see. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Craig, I, I really did appreciate your mentioning that little joke of mine. It, it was just great to know that people all over the world are just hoovering up my content. <laughs> <laughs> another another- Fisher, I tell you, David. Thank you very much. You see, I, I, you know, I can, I come on this podcast thinking you're a level guy, and I really like you. Yeah, yeah. And then you side on, you side on Anderson's side, and it just, you know, it throws it all away. Throws it all away. So, in fairness, Craig, what is the equivalent windup for John? I've been hunting for it. I'm, I'm at an absolute loss to figure out how to fire him up. But on the other hand, he kind of seems to do it on his own. Should I just continue to rely on that? <laughs> To be to be honest, what I tend to do is sit back and let the Scottish rugby fans do that for me. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> they, they do have an ability to cause me all manner of wind up, which nobody <laughs> quite pushes my buttons like the Murrayfield massive. But I think it's more the I think for the the, the pair of us seem, seem to be. A definite yin and yang as such, and I don't mean to say that I'm not trying to, you know, artificially create some sort of um, uh, rivalry, rivalry or whatever <laughs> that, 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 that the that the SRU tried to do with Edinburgh and Glasgow. But um, no, I think um, what tends to happen is because John's angry all the time and he's and he's got something to say all the time, then you don't really need to wind him up. He winds himself up. Mm. Because me, I tend to be sitting back a little bit and I'll come out with these sort of things that people think I'm either deranged or I'm correct, one of the two. <laughs> and, and John will just nip, nip, you know, just nibble away. Just to, and so he has he does the winding up for me. I tend to let other people wind John up and then I'll have to try and pick up the uh, pick up the pieces at the end of it, you know. <laughs> After I've went volcanic and exploded <laughs> like with incandescent yeah. rage at something. <laughs> I, I think this rivalry constitutes a derby at this stage, right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a trophy. There should be a trophy. There should um, be a trophy, but yeah, yeah. We gotta name this cup somehow. We could we could call it the uh, the t- top four trophy, Craig. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> the wind up cup. <laughs> oh, why don't, oh we just, uh, why don't we just get Hoover to sponsor it and then it'll be fine? Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, make a couple of calls, Craig. I mean, come on. Certainly. Get my my finger out. So you guys have have seemingly called time on what has been collectively referred to as the Blair Kinghorn experiment. And for me, that's kind of a bummer because I had a couple of jokes I never got to use. Can I just run them by you now to see if they stick? You may as well get them out of you. Come on, David. They've been bubbling away there, mate. So uh, over time, they've fit him into so many different positions. Should they just call him Blair Shoehorn? Oh, boom, boom. Um, <laughs> if they can't figure out what position to use him in, has he in fact become a futility back? <laughs> yeah. 
We'll come here for the banter and we stay for the uh, high quality, <laughs> high quality <laughs> wordplay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why I'm so often surrounded by emptiness. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that feels, David. <laughs> oh, yes. It's more of an existential thing. Uh, so before we dive into Six Nations, which is in theory, the reason we have in fact gotten together today, I have a new segment designed specifically for you guys. In 2013, a weirdly popular song was released, a song that somehow my son has recently discovered. That song, of course, was What Does the Fox Say? Uh, In homage to that absolute classic, I have this new bit entitled What Does the Scot Say? The idea is rather than, you know, giving me your actual personal opinions. I mean, I know both of you are shy and retiring in the prospect of expressing what you think and feel. Uh, In this case, you'll be answering with what the ordinary Scot on the street thinks, or at least, you know, the baseline Scottish rugby fan, the person who's aware and kind of follows, but doesn't, you know, make a podcast about it or anything. Uh, It may uh, may well be that what Craig thinks is the average opinion is wildly different than what John perceives as the current conventional wisdom, and therein I think we might find some talking points. Uh, John, as a longtime listener of your pod, I know that you have the highest respect and admiration for Scottish rugby fans on the whole. What do you think of this new concept? I, I, you know, I think this could well be my calling in life, actually. Um, I I think we've finally found, you know... Like, like many songs over the years, uh, I, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I think this might be it. <laughs> uh, so this is, what does the Scots say? There's three of these questions. Question the first. Gregor Townsend has apparently been looking for jobs for after the upcoming World Cup. I've heard you guys talk about it on your own pod. I, too, was baffled by the timing and the implications of this. I mean, just... Like, what the F? But what does the average person say? Is it business as usual? Is it actually ideal because you get consistency throughout the World Cup, but then know that you can move on to a new style? Or do you even care? Um, Craig, I'm going to start with you. What does the Scots say? Um, Greg or who? Um, no, I, <laughs> I think it's... For, for me, I think, I think the... You, you have to go and delve into the rugby forums to get real real uh, hot take opinions about it. I think mm. the, the average rugby fan who turns up to Murrayfield twice or three times a year to watch Scotland play, they don't really they're not really that bothered it doesn't mm. you know i think i think you know we we tend to obviously we talk about it because we're, we're part of the scottish rugby podcast so if we don't talk about it, we're obviously you know there's a, a, something going on um there's something wrong there you know so so i think i think you know that's a really long answer for you for a short segment i don't think they really care at this moment in time um John, care more uh, kind of, agree disagree yeah, actually, I actually agree. I think actually the vast majority of fans, it's it's one of those classic things in total Scottish rugby style that you can get wildly ranging opinions on. And actually, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle that, you know what, everybody knows Townsend's time is probably coming to an end. No one really actually cares that much about that. And you've got the probably the more vocal opposites that will be like well it's a disgrace that he's applying for jobs and the others will be like well he's out a job in a few months so of course he's like if it was me and i'm out of a job in a couple of months are they applying for jobs so hmm. you've got those kind of that wide range but um 
I think the vast majority of fans are in the middle and probably more concerned about, you know, the price of beer at Murrayfield. <laughs> uh, question second. Finn Russell, as we all know, is going to Bath, a team with a lot of history, but a team that currently sucks. Um, what does the Scots say? Finn has, you know, seen, is it, Finn has seen all the other moves Bath is making right now and believes with his help, they can compete for a premiership title. Maybe he simply went for the highest paying option he could get. Maybe it was something family related. Uh, John, what's the deal with Finn? Yeah, so I think simply the Scot says it's about money. Um, mm. I don't think any Scottish fan or very, 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 very few Scottish fans think Bath is the right move for Finn Russell, but they do but think... But are you okay with that? Is it okay for him to make a money grab right now? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a short career, which he, he almost lost his career, you know, in his early 20s after, you know, a massive head knock. So I'm totally fine with Finn raking it in. And it does mean he's closer to... Uh, you know, Bridge of Allen, which will make it easier for his mum to come and pick him up after his fourth beer. So there it is. <laughs> Craig, uh, agree, disagree? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's a, you know, I don't think there's anyone apart from some of the Bath fans, um, there's, no, there's, there's, not, there's not anyone who's sitting there going, Oh, Finn Russell, what you know, he's making a total a, a wrong move there because who would want a million pounds a year? Um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think all of us are just going, go on, son, on you go. I think it, it'll be interesting. My, my, my own, when I the first thing, well, I started hearing the rumors about it, and we talked on our, on, yeah. our, on our again when on Messenger, and I was saying, you know, uh, Van Gran and Finn Russell, how to ruin a center and 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 a small amount of moves, you know, his game plan. <laughs> Compared to Finn Russell's game, but you think the two don't don't mix. No, it's like it's like water mix. and oil, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, from what from what I know and from what he's reportedly said, he's he's had a long conversation with with Van Gran, and I've got a feeling Van Gran's kind of promised him the earth to have him there. So um, yeah. see what happens. Might, I mean, just might, ask, have... ask a Munster fan; they just love Van Gran. There's nothing but good things to say about him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Munster fans have nothing good to say about anyone, basically. So it's <laughs> it's fine. Except Keith Errols. They love Keith Errols. Which is My partner and I now have, now have an ongoing joke. I've, I've forced her to listen to some of the Irish pods I listen to. And it's it's this staple of Irish analysis where there's always a but. You have to add a but. And it doesn't matter if it's the most positive thing you've ever said. You know, well, he went out there and he scored 72 tries just on his own but. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing with Irish rugby? They're wildly successful for three, three years and nine months of every four years, and then it comes World Cup time, and I just, I just dust off my typing and just get ready to go on Twitter because oh, is it not the most beautiful thing when they inevitably make a total pigs of the world cup it's beautiful <laughs> okay uh getting back to our stupid little segment um <laughs> question the third hang on this um, is what we this is what we come here for david don't be don't be playing oh, oh sorry 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 i mean we come back here to our for the special segments. bonus content um, <laughs> If there is a game, this is question the third, and finally, if there's a game in the future where Scotland have John Cooney starting at nine and Ben Healy starting at 10, 
Are you, the average Scottish fan, bothered by that? Uh, Craig, you're the man in the street. What do you think about that? Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'll be wondering what's going wrong. Um, because, to you know, um, I think we've got, uh, you know, so there's my opinion and there's 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 everyone else's opinion. Again, there's the... <sighs> I don't want to sound like a broken record, but there's the, there's the people who sit behind me at Murrayfield who don't even know what the players are called. Um, and so they don't care. They're there for the day and they're there for a few beers and they're there to watch rugby and, and that's it. Um, there's, there's, um, uh, there's, there's myself who obviously um, we're definitely, you know, we're getting Ben Healy at Edinburgh. So we're looking forward to seeing how he's going to work out. And if we've got a, a 10 who's playing for us, who's playing for Scotland, we're proud of that and we're happy with that. I think we, but me as a as a pundit or a rugby fan as I am, or someone who's on podcast, etc. Um, for me, I'm wondering why aren't we using the 10s and the 9s we have? Because we've got George Horn, who has, has been criminally underused um, mm. and and he has proven he's himself. He's having a great under, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and if, he's, he's proving... It's almost as if I know what I was talking about, and uh, I knew that he was a he was a good he was a good name, um, but yeah, he's been used really really well, and uh, and I'm really pleased for him. And I, I I would I would it would be really nice to see him getting more time on uh, with a Scotland shirt on, whether that's with Townsend in the place or not. Um, and also we've got Ben White and we've got um, uh, we've got Ali Price. So those are three, you know, unless it's uh, ten years down the line, and these guys are finishing up their careers. Play their, this is their final hurrah within Scotland, and they're finally getting to play for Scotland. Then maybe, but um, I'd be wondering what we're doing wrong. John, yay or nay? Um, are you annoyed at having an all Irish halfback set? So I'll, I'll go a step further than Craig. I personally, I couldn't give a hoot because I think that if John Curry is picked for Scotland. Uh, I, I, I know what John Cooney is capable of. I've watched a lot of him. I've actually seen quite a lot of Ben Healy as well. Uh, I think you're taking the pair. If you're saying nine and ten, then it becomes more problematic. I don't think hmm. genuinely, so if we talk about the average Scottish rugby fan, I don't think if Ben Healy's picked for Scotland in the Six Nations, I don't think anyone's going to have an issue with that. right? John Cooney, on the other hand, I think the average Scottish fan has already shown their their distaste for that that choice. Okay. And, uh, because of his age quite, or? Uh, be, yeah, because, because of his age, but also because of what it means for the Scottish, as Craig rightly identifies, the pipeline of Scottish scrum halves at the moment is, is pretty mm. solid. Whilst I do think in this country, we have this massive, massive ability to talk up our own players beyond where they're actually at, maybe to the to the um, detriment of other nations. And we sort of think our players are, at, you know, some of our players who maybe are not at international level, but we think of them as superstars and they're not. They're, they're, they're very good club players who have not quite made it to international level. Or, I wonder who are, John's are, talking about there, David. I wonder who he's uh, talking, I'm about. Actually talking about. I was actually talking about Charlie Shield at the moment. Oh, there uh, we go. Okay, okay. So, and I was also thinking about Jamie Dobby, who I think is a wonderful player who hasn't quite had the opportunities yet um, to get to international level. I think both of those players could play international rugby. I just don't think they necessarily should play international rugby, 
at this point. I think John Cooney's a better player than these guys because he oh, yeah. is experienced. Yeah. He's a goal kicker. He's a good distributor. I think John Cooney would be a huge asset to Scottish rugby. The vast majority of fans don't think that. And would be very upset with an Irishman coming in and taking a Scotsman's job, which you can you can do what you want with that uh, little comment. Uh, but we've seen it with, you know, we saw it in 2015 with John Hardy being parachuted into the Scotland squad. Um, it's probably even less less controversial, John Hardy coming in, but there was absolute uproar until everybody saw him play and they went, hold on a sec, he's actually really good. We should probably be okay with him, shouldn't we? Yeah, you okay with him? Yeah, cool. And then he became a fan's favourite. So we're, we're a fickle bunch. <laughs> well, you see the value of asking about what the average Scott fan thinks beside, as opposed to you guys. I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like there's major gaps there, which is great. Um, I find, it, I find that, it really difficult because I, I think I think you you know there's a there's a there's a group of fans out there who are very much um, he's not even Scottish how dare he's not even Scottish exactly. thinking, hang on a minute he's his grandmother Scottish now yep. like there are people in America and in Canada that are Scottish even though you know because their grandmothers are Scottish if you know what I mean when they're over in, oh, in yeah. America and they're in Canada and they're in and, well look at the Irish they're exactly the same um yeah. you know there's people in the the the, 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 the three generation you know Barack Obama was was claiming he's Irish you know I'm so I, I, I'm uh, 123rd Scots or something at least at least for example uh, in, I mean we can talk about project players fairly soon that that people that aren't Scottish um, uh, but have been a resident in Scotland for a certain amount of time. That's a different kettle of fish. John Cooney, if I'm right in saying, and, and Ben Healy is, you know, they are Scottish. Yeah, They've they got are, parents or grandparents that are yeah. Scottish. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to a simple statement that we make all the time in the podcast, Craig, and I live my whole being by this. If you want to be Scottish, you are Scottish. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And these guys um, choose to come to our country and live their life in, their, in our country and be part of our culture. Project players, to me, are just as Scottish as anyone else. So you guys made plenty of fun about it at, at the time. It was a couple of years ago. There was, I'm not going to remember who it was, but there was like an analyst or, you know, a pundit who said, oh, uh, there aren't enough Scottish accents in this Scotland oh, dressing room and oh, stuff. Craig uh, Chalmers. Craig Chalmers. That was it. Yep. That was it. But... Is there like a time limit? Like, it, does Duhan, when he first came, is it like, okay, you have to be here for X amount of time before you're accepted? Um, or is it, like John says, more just like, you're in? Schumann was Schumann was the last low... Um, sorry, let me rephrase that. Yeah. There used to be three... You have to be resident in a country for three years. Um, then it went to five um, because there was a bit of hoo-ha within World Rugby and they decided it was going to go to five years. You have to be res resident for five years. But then during COVID, they, because there were no, no international games going on or they thought that was going, they weren't going to have so many games, they, they put a, a hold on the three-year, uh, changing it from three years to five years. So Schumann was the last um, uh, non Scots born or Scots qualifying player to come into the squad being a for being a resident for three years, um, and then it went up to five. So Duhan and and uh, Pierre Schumann and Jakob van der Volt 
for his one cap or all two caps, um, all qualified at the same time with three being resident for three years. So, and, and, and to me, was at the same time as well. He was, yeah. three, oh, I didn't know three that. Year at a time. Okay. And they're all, they're all paying tax here. They're all working here. They're all being members of society. So <coughs> it's, it's, it's the way it is, you know. But I think your question, David, so that's the technical description of how long you have to be in a country before you become qualified to play for them. I think your question is more about when do fans accept them? And I think it's totally down to the player. Uh, I think the vast majority of fans have actually... Okay, I think there is a proportion of fans that are quite reasonable and, and do adhere to the idea that, you know, you live in Scotland, you put your hat in the ring for Scotland. Yeah, you might not have qualified yet, but you want to be Scottish, come and be Scottish. There's others who are simply like, it doesn't matter, you could live here. What, if you didn't go to school here or you've not been here 10 years or, you know, or your name's the wrong, you've got a, you've got a Welsh sounding name uh, and you sound slightly South African, uh, but actually you're very qualified for Scotland, but it just so <coughs> happens you, you hadn't played in Scotland before you've represented Scotland. Some fans have quite a big issue with that. Hold on a second. I have to make a note here. John Anderson says large percentage of Scottish fans have reasonable opinion. <laughs> okay. Sing singular reasonable opinion. <laughs> Back to broken, broken clock. <laughs> well, my friends, that was what does the Scot say? And may it rest in peace. So, <laughs> as we record this, Six Nations. It's rapidly approaching. Uh, if I've read correctly, we're going to start to see the wider squad selections just in the next few days. That means that we three are in the lovely position to wildly speculate about what the selections are going to be and so much more without actually being wrong at the moment. Can you imagine not being wrong? Like, I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Here comes the John Anderson of Glasgow hype train. Here we go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, isn't there a strike going on right now? I don't know if we can there, get on that train. There is, there is the, the Glasgow, the Glasgow hype train is uh, is suffering from strike every so often. But John, will, I'm sure John will get on that train. Don't you worry oh, about that. There's, there's plenty of vocal uh, hype train coming your way. Don't worry. <laughs> How many players are in this? We think are going to be picked, but 36, 38. Yeah, 36. Okay. Yeah, so, so 36. Oh wow. Okay. So 30, 32 Glasgow players. And... <laughs> See, it started already. And, I, I and, rest. And, my and case. <laughs> 32 Glasgow Russell, players, two South Africans, and two Irish guys. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and but you've got to have the classic Townsend, the one that no one knows. He's like a Friends episode. Uh, you'll have the one that no one knows, and then their Wikipedia page will be changed by Tammy, and then all of a sudden there'll yeah. be all sorts of carnage ensuing. Yeah. Cammy's updates to Wikipedia are some of the highlights of the year in rugby, let's oh, face it, it. it. I look forward to it every single year. I'm just, amazed, I'm just amazed at how specific and individual it can be like you know there's the, there's always those things you put in you could go in and put in and people you know he's got a middle name of uh, you know yeah. a girl's middle name or something like that these these are all things that all just us us mere mortals come up with and then there's cami who takes it to a full different level that oh yeah it's amazing how things stick too at one point uh, I guess in, in high school, a girl I was sort of peripherally peripherally friends with was out for like a full week and people were all saying, where's Liz? Where's Liz? And I don't know why. I just said, oh, uh, she got hit by the uh, the Backstreet Boys tour bus. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> 
I have no idea why I said it, but when she came back, somehow, little old me, that rumor had spread everywhere and everyone was cornering, Liz, did you meet Backstreet Boys? Did you get to talk to them? <laughs> she was like, what the? F really? Uh, maybe that, if Cammy listens to this, that'll maybe give him some ideas as to where to go next. That may be the next one, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, he's riding this. So the 2023 Six Nations Tournament kicks off on Saturday, February 4th. Quick pop quiz. Craig, how many teams traditionally play in the Six Nations Tournament every year? <laughs> uh, let me think. Is oh, If you take subtracted two... From, yeah, I think there's six. The four. In incorrect, incorrect, incorrect. There is only one or two teams that play in the Six Nations. The rest of them kick the ball up in the air all the time. Oh! <laughs> the hot takes just like keep that. on coming. Oh! Take that, Ireland <laughs> and Wales and England. <laughs> there was so actually the funny round, enough. So, sorry, David. There was a, there was a picture. Picture going round. Uh, we've had obviously you were we were talking early before we came on um, about how bad the weather was for John getting home la uh, yesterday, and uh, there was a picture of um, uh, Warren Gatland has been going around and he was down at the watching. I think he was down watching the Dragons play uh, oh. again. <laughs> and it's like you wanted to come back to this. <laughs> I myself posted one of those pictures last night. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, a deluge. You can barely see him with the fog and the rain. And he has that Gatlin face, but more so. So he's just kind of, and, and I was like, I can just hear the, the conversation in his head right now. This is a good job. I made a good decision. This is a good job. I made a good decision. I, I, I wanted this. I chose this. This was all me. I'm in control here. At the power of positivity. I am a powerful, strong Kiwi. <laughs> There's so much money involved. There's so much money involved. There's so much money involved. They, they gave me a gate. They gave me a gate. I owe them. <laughs> By the way, wh where do we think the, the, uh, the Pivac gate is going to go? Is it going to be on an outhouse outside of the principality? or? It's a drain cover near the, ho the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I heard it's getting installed at Rodney Parade. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Every week, you, you, as you guys know, I, I picked Connacht as my team to support in the URC just because they're such perpetual underdogs. I just have to... And plus, I just love watching them play in Galway constantly in a gale. But every week, I, th I, I think, why didn't I pick Dragons? They're even more sad sack than Connacht. <laughs> oh, come it's on like now, David. Next thing you'll be choosing Glasgow. It's like when you go oh. shopping. It's like, I will, I will let that slide, Manson. That was, that was, that was, that was pure digging. I was about to make a joke about fake cheese, and you go all up in my Glasgow grill. Is this how this goes? All right, noted. I'm just all I was going to say, David, is choosing Connacht as opposed to the Dragons is like when you go to the supermarket and you're trying to get some really, really nasty fake cheese for your your black pudding roll. But then you're like, I can't pick the cheapest cheese because I've got standards. <laughs> so you need to go one up. But I'm not going to buy the good cheese because obviously, right? This isn't, the, this isn't the, the object of this game. I'm going to buy the one up from, like, it might only be three or four pence dearer, but it's, you, you feel more, you, you feel more like there's more respect for yourself. It's at true. That point. And, and you can smell that Leinster as soon as you walk into the shop. Oh, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Re <laughs> reeks of ring rose. <laughs> reeks, reeks of favoritism and money. 
Disgusting. Disgusting. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the first round of the Six Nations, of course, features Wales at home for Ireland and Italy versus France. In between those two fixtures, England will be playing a, a little game against Scotland. We'll come on to that shortly. John, I'm going to start with you. Will the Gatland effect be enough to power a really weird Wales team over the world number one Ireland? Uh, no, no, it won't. Um, and I think Wales are going to struggle under Gatland. They say never go back. You know, when, when you leave leave something, you've been successful. They say never go back because your reputation is at risk. And I think we've, we've talked about this in the pod as well, that a lot of Welsh fans were done with Gatland. When he when he was finishing up, they want they wanted Pivac, they wanted what they got, and it didn't necessarily work out for them. And now they're panicking and going, "Oh, we'll get Warren back, and we'll play we'll play Warren Ball." It's like, okay, so riddle me this: Who is your Jamie Roberts in that? Oh, it's it's Tompkins, who is about a tenth of the size of Jamie Roberts. Okay, so who's your Jonathan Davis? Oh, George North, who is never a centre in a month of Sundays. Right, okay. So what you're telling me is we don't have the personnel to play Warren Ball anymore, but Warren doesn't know how to do anything else. Ah, I can see how badly this goes. I think Wales are going to struggle. I heard a rumour that Navidi will be available at some point between 2023 and 2025, though. Yeah, Craig, same question for you. Um, you know, Ireland, to me, they look borderline ridiculous right now. Um, for me, Ireland, France, South Africa, kind of in any rotating order at any given moment, um, how much boost is Wales going to actually get from the, the return of the king? Um, I, again, I, I just echo what John's just said. You know, they, they wanted rid of him. They didn't want, they, they'd had enough of him. So all of a sudden they're, they're bringing him in and, 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 you know, hailing him as the returning god. Um, uh, the problem we have is that no matter what was going on in the Welsh um, provincial game, Gatland always had his favourites that that played in and out of. You know, you had certain players who played in the English Premiership or in France. They still could come back and play for for Ireland because of the, the level of caps, etc. He had some a real halo effect from a lot of players who were within the squad for a long time. So he could always call on them and bring them back and, 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 and scratch out, you know, and grind out a game. He's now two more, three years down the line where those, a lot of those players have retired or have fallen off the end of their, um, of their, um, uh, their abilities. And you're now at a stage where what has he got physically there now to do the job. Just as John said, who's going to be his 12? Who's going to be his 13? Who's going to be his, um, his Alman Jones? Well, funnily enough, it sounds like he's going to drag him out of his coffin and let him play for a little bit longer. So uh, out he comes. It's a big coffin. There's a lot of timber in there. But anyway, um, so I think for me, it, I think I think you'll find that, that Wales will perform at certain... They'll grind out a couple of wins because that's what they do, and they'll play Gatlin ball, and he's brought, in, you know, obviously he's copied the, um, uh, you know, he's gone down the route of bringing on a, um, an ex-rugby um, uh, league uh, attack uh, defence coach who, who's obviously been working with Sale Sharks 
um, quite successfully. So he's obviously going to have access to the mind gym as well when he gets down there. So, um, so you know, he may pull out a couple of wins, but I don't think they're going to be at the level that that they were. But then again, on the other side of things, I did say that um, that uh, Donald Trump wouldn't become president of the US, the United States of America. So we also what do I what do I know? You know. Uh, Craig, sticking with you, is there a player for Wales or maybe a couple of players who will individually benefit dramatically from switching from Pivac to Gatland? Um, or is what is what he offering what he is offering sort of more just an overall boost to the teams in terms of, I don't know, t- tactics and morale? I honestly I honestly don't see anybody individually benefiting from Gatland returning to Wales. I Is this the long way around? You're saying this was a a dumb hire that they should have maybe stuck with Pivak? Oh, I I don't think they should have stuck with Pivak. I think Pivak was was just, you know, look, if Pivak could have have, um, uh, repatriated Tyburn um, as a Welshman, then Pivak might have been able to do something with the Welsh team. Um, But uh, unfortunately, he couldn't. Um, I think where, where Pivak wins is with a club that he is every day and twice on Sundays, he's working with that particular okay. group of players. Yep. Having this 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 um, nomadic shift of players coming through every couple of every couple of months for a week or two weeks um, until they then go out to you know come up to Six Nations and he's got them for a couple of weeks. I don't think that suited Wayne Pivak's way. And so many injuries, so it's not the same guys <clears throat> coming through. Yeah, yeah, and I, and actually, um, what's his the oh, what's the the second rower who's just signed for Racing? Um, Rowlands. Uh, Rowlands. Now there's someone that actually would have done well I, under Gatland. I agreed. Yep. And he's ruined it <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's gone and signed for 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 Racing, and he's not got enough caps to 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 go under Gatland's law. Now, what you might find is Gatland might change Gatland's law to not having any law at all, mm. and he, he may think he's going to have to bring Welsh players in from from all over the world, like Scotland do. We don't bring Welsh players in from all over the world, but we you know we bring in players. well, you never know. Well, listen, if it, if uh, if um if one of their parents has had a dalliance with a Scots person at some point, then we'll, of course we'll, we'll bring them in. Um, but if, uh, is, is, is your current squad mostly dalliance based? Well, you know, <laughs> let's let's, let's uh, yeah, I was going to say let's let's uh, let's throw let's throw the sweeties at them and see what sticks. But I think um, <laughs> I think for me, um, you know, Will Rowlands could have been captain. Could have really become, uh, yeah. become a, a you know and and if they don't get get him turned around and back into the wheel squad by some hooker by crook they're, they're making a real you know they're, they're, they're making a real um mistake you know john we always think they're better than they actually are and can actually keep players in their country by the threat of not playing international rugby i can't imagine how that uh you know how they don't realize that that's not the case if that feeling exists it doesn't seem to extend to their fans but no um, i love their fans so much with all my being john are you expecting a certain player or maybe players to reach new levels heading towards the world cup under this you know new old regime it, it does have a feeling of like the couple you know who they're always fighting and you don't really you know it's, they're going to break up and then they break up and then six months later they're like actually we're back together isn't that great you guys and you're like 
Oh, you guys are back together. Yeah, when you all celebrated, when the, you know you went out for drinks and went off. Oh, exactly. God, you, you broke it up. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I, I actually completely agree with Craig. I don't think any individual player will benefit at all from Gatlin Ball. I, th- I think a lot of players stand to lose, actually, and actually some of the young talent coming through in Wales, in particular Gatlin, will he'll go back to his lieutenants, he'll go back to the people he values. And, you know, don't be surprised to see some of those old, old names kind of creeping back into the team. Guys like, you know, someone like Lee Halfpenny might be probably, that, that's probably one who stands to benefit from Gatlin being back. I think Lee Halfpenny yeah. might, uh, might be back in the scene um, Liam Williams, you know, guys, guys who have pillared on on uh, Twitter, all, all those guys will probably get re- reborn uh, in, in the fountain of Gatland youth and uh, will be let loose once again. The old warhorses, Keith, uh, Ken Owens, as well, you know, guys like that who are over the hill. Let's be honest, they're they're, they're old and they're probably done, but I don't think Gatland knows any other way. Um, one player I do really want to see more from, and I want to see mm. cut loose a bit, is I and you know obviously he's got this massive reputation now, but Lucy Samet, who I think shows so much potential in what he does, but he still has, he's got all the raw materials, but the brain's not quite, you know, it's not all aligned yet, and at times it looks, and you can see it's there because it, at times he tears things up, and you're like, that's perfect, that's mm. absolutely brilliant, that do that. But then sometimes he engages Johnny May mode and you're like, why are you doing that? Why, why, why are you kicking that ball away? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you running into traffic? Why are you running at a 22 stone prop to get your head taken off? That's I mean, not at, clever, at, Reese. At, at this stage in his life, he's got other things to think about, you know, prom, getting his driver's license. It's true. It's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That k- kissing at the top of a hill, you know, overlooking the cityscape. I've, I've seen all the teen flicks. I know how this goes. Um, yeah, no, I, honey, do you I, want to go I, to the I, point? <laughs> exactly, yeah. We, we, where's the point down at Newport? Is that is it like the, is it the pier? I don't know. Oh, wait, here it is. As with all things Welsh rugby, it's hard to find the point. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> yes, there we go. right. Enough about Wales, we think they're rubbish, yes, indeed. <laughs> um. As I already said, Sunday is going to have Italy hosting international wrecking ball, France. It's going to be in Rome. Uh, Italy, as we've all said, have shown some promising signs lately, but, you know, stop me if you've heard that before. Um, (laughs) France didn't lose a single match in 2022. Craig, I'm appointing you the Italian rugby marketing guru. Convince me that the Azzurri are winning this game. I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there's a lot to convince you on um, because I think Italy are going to have an incredibly strong Six Nations. Oh. Um, we, John and I laugh about this regularly and we spar about this regularly on our, on our own podcast because he is, he, he very much, and I don't mean to speak for you, John, and I'm not, you know, if I'm, if I'm speaking for you, we'll, just we'll, let me know. We'll fix that, we'll fix that in a minute, don't worry. Absolutely, because, you know, God forbid anyone speaks for you, John. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but John is of the opinion that Italian teams are not as good as, as Scottish or, or Welsh or English teams, and they deserve to be beaten every single time that we, that we come up against them. 
what I see from my side of things is I see that they are slowly but surely developing. And for me, they're developing almost a, a French style of playing. As in, one day you're going to get um, Italy who will get sent off for stupid things and drop the ball at the stupidest time, etc., etc. Make full lots and lots of different mistakes, but they will come out every so often and apps and play champagne rugby. And we're all, oh my goodness, what what is this going to happen? You know, who are these? So, for example, this year, this Six Nations, I see Italy taking another big scalp and gone. And, and, and I'm sorry to say, I could be Scotland. Um, ah, it's I think it that way. I think Italy have got the ability to do it. And and so what, what I tend to say, and what, what I will say, and let me, let me maybe clarify this a little bit. People write Italy off. People write off Bennett and then write off Zebri. No comments about Zebri, John, just before you say anything. Because um, Edinburgh just said we got beat by them, but that's a different story. Um, but for me, um, I dismiss Italy at your peril. Reg, you know, just now because um, the Welsh dismissed Italy very, very quickly, and they they got bitten back. Um, and who who else did they beat? Was it? It wasn't the All Blacks, but it yeah, was, they, beat, um, they, beat, they, beat they beat Australia. Australia, Australia, Australia by yep, a point, you know, which we failed to do. Yeah, so we we just have to be careful, Italy. So I I think they're going to have a strong Six Nations. I would be interested to see how they get on. I'm not going to say they're top four, John, but I think they're going to have a strong. <laughs> <laughs> you know better than that. Yeah, yeah. So my, my, my point regarding that, like, so I, I to caveat with you say, John, give us your recipe. How is how does Italy win this game? This is a they, this they, be, they, this they, they don't they don't they don't win this game. And actually I think Craig's Craig, Craig's right that they're building, but they are building slowly. And I think this is back to where Scotland were years and years ago, where it's all the talk of progress. It's always the talk of we're we're getting better. You're getting better from a terrible baseline, but everyone else is getting better too. And like, if you look at Italy's results, I've just pulled up Italy's 2022 Wales, results, right? Wales aren't. Well, so no, you're right. Wales, Wales absolutely are not. They're 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 very much in a decline. But again, if you've got 17 geriatrics in your team, you are going to struggle. Uh, and you know, Wales have decided to become a care home, so that's cool. That's their choice. But. You know, it's not quite Wales again score a grand slam in the over 40s Six Nations. Exactly. Exactly. They think they're playing veterans. So. You just know they're going to come out and win the win the tournament this year. Oh, I know they hundred percent are. We're asking for it actively right now. So Italy's twenty twenty two, right? So they lost thirty seven ten to France. They lost thirty three nil to England. They lost fifty seven six to Italy. They were quite a few points down on Scotland before we decided to give them a few tries. They lost thirty three twenty two to Scotland. They then beat Wales by a point, right? So let's let's say they did beat Wales. By a point. They beat Portugal, those world-beating giants of rugby, Portugal, by seven points. They beat Romania comfortably. They lost to Georgia. They beat Samoa comfortably. They beat Australia, then got absolutely scudded by South Africa. They are not a good team. And the more we convince ourselves, like, as fans and pundits, that Italy are a good side or are they're a progressing side, they are a team you want to be putting 40 points past Italy every single time you play them. It's They're not a good team. What's responsible for that super up and downness? Like the, the teams they've they got beat, a lot of young like, players. Oh my God, and then they lose, you know. Well, see, that's, the thing, 
funnily enough, and 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 you see the correspondence with Glasgow at this moment in time, um, in that Franco Smith has come in and released the youth. Yeah. And he's 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 gam he's gambled the bank on youth, and he did that with he did that with Italy. And if yeah. you okay, fair enough. Um, we all you know we all were laughing earlier on you know because. Franco Smith was perfect for Glasgow because he's always pictured with his head in his hands. Um, but actually, it's he he's done a very a, a large amount of good for Italy. He's done a lot, he, as you can already see with Glasgow, he's doing a fantastic job at Glasgow. Um, and you know, you look at Garbisi, Garbisi came on and everyone went, Oh God, he's 19 or 20 years old. How why is he playing him at 10? And all of a sudden he's He's knocking on the door of world class. I'll say that again, John. World class. I know you don't don't uh, you think I? I, just, I think I think they have individual players who are very very good. So and so that's where I think that I I'm not sitting here saying that I think that um, that that Italy are um, going to win the Six Nations etc. And they're a great team. What I'm trying to say is that they're dangerous. And anyone who takes the eye off the ball with Italy and says, ah, oh, we're going to go in and we'll beat them and there won't be any problems, are opening themselves up to being beaten by a point or by 10 points. It's, you know, they are a, a dangerous team when, when they're given the opportunity. I, I think the expectation would be, and I think you're absolutely right, because you saw that with Australia, right? You, and you, you've maybe seen it. I don't think the team, the other teams they've beaten, maybe to a certain extent Wales, but I think Australia and Wales were causing their own problems. I don't think that was necessarily Italy winning those games as more, mm. you know, those teams absolutely doing exactly what you described and taking their eye off the ball and just expecting to beat them. I think good teams, and I'll include Scotland in this, I think Scotland are a good team. They, they, will, they will treat that with the respect it's due but there is an expectation that you win those games. You you know, and you saw it with teams that win games, teams that go on these big runs of winning games. It is that confidence of you learning, learn how to win, but you back yourself to win. You believe you can win. And for me, that mindset of they're dangerous, yeah, that, that's absolutely fair. But I would never be not expecting to be early. That's that, that kind of just where, where I'm at with it. And I think... <clears throat> The, the, you know, what you've said about the, the kind of inconsistency, David, when you've got young players involved, Italy have always been inconsistent. People, you know, hark back to, yeah, they used to beat Scotland now and then, right? They used to beat Scotland, actually, more, more than now than then. They've also beaten France in the past. They've also beaten Ireland in the past. Yeah, they've never beaten England. They've given England a few frights as well. They've had that in them for years and years and years with good players, with bad players, with some absolutely shocking players, but they've always been there or thereabouts. I just don't think Italy systemically is built to actually have a top eight world-class world rugby team. I don't think it's in their DNA to do that. So this is just a half-baked thought that I'm kind of developing as I'm saying it out loud. Um, Because we often point to these, you know, okay, well, Italy beat Wales, but but it was by a point, and we, they beat Australia, but it was by a point. And I feel like there's two ways to spin it. You can say, oh, well, obviously, they, they just got lucky. It was just a point. That means they're not that good. But on the other hand, in sports, we often talk about learning to win and yep. developing a habit of winning and finding a way. Um, Saracens are a team like that. Leinster is a team like that. 
um, they're like, oh, we're down six. Guess what? You're losing today. You know, like it, it feels to me like Italy might be learning to win. And those one point wins aren't representative of, of a fluke or a lucky thing. It represents the fact that they can make that last minute penalty, that, that last kick that puts them over the edge and then they can hold on. Like, um, is it possible these are the, the green roots of Italy figuring out a way to win, as they say? I, th- I think the Wales game was a, a sign of that because I think they did, obviously they had the last play of the game to win the game and, and done so and it was great trying. Me, me, Craig and Johnny were watching that at the time and we were all very excited for Italy. And I think that that that, that then saw them go into the, the summer and it's it's hard in international rugby. It's easier in club, club rugby. You get one away when you know, with a, a second string team out uh, that some of the players then get upset with you for calling them second string. And then all of a sudden you've won seven in the trot and confidence is there and belief is there. In international rugby, you you win the last day of the Six Nations against, you know, by a point, and then you've got a four-month wait before you meet again. And then you go away to Portugal and you scrape a win against them. And, you know, you get three in a row and all of a sudden then you get absolutely scudded off the park by Georgia. You then beat Australia, and then you get scudded off the park by South Africa. I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think the time scales are in favour of these people. You saw a massive change in Scottish rugby, and you're seeing it again, actually, just now. Players that learn to win at club level are more likely to be able to carry that form into the international level and win at international level and can keep that consistency going. We had it with Glasgow going on big runs and getting to finals. We saw it with Edinburgh improving last year. It helps at an international level if you're winning at club level. Benetton are winning games, still inconsistently, and I still don't think they're that good. Zebri are not, and Zebri are absolutely garbage. So mm. Italy are always going to be hamstrung if they've only, really, they only have one club. So they're they're hamstrung by that, and I don't think timescales in international rugby allow you to learn on the job like that. So it, it, for you guys, it's it's still you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. It, you know, we're seeing these amazing little moments from Italy, but it doesn't represent an overall trend or an overall progression. I think for me, yeah, I don't know if Craig, Craig, I wouldn't want to speak for Craig in that because I think he's got more love for the Italian system. It's, it's not so much love. It's just, I, I guess maybe I'm more of a glass half empty side of things when it comes to them, because I know what it, <laughs> you know, I've seen us getting beaten by Italy. Um, and, you know, it's probably more, I guess, uh, you know, more of a psychosomatic issue of I don't want to be proven wrong. I said, I don't I don't want to sit there and go, ah, we're going to go in and, like we did it with Wales last last year. Ah, we're, going, we're, we're on a high, we're going to win the Six Nations. Then we go running into it and Wales go, ah, so you think so? Um, and it's, it's just one of those situations where with Italy, I don't want to be... I want to be. I want Scotland to be at the point of oh, give us Italy any time you want. We'll absolutely scud them. But Scotland have got a great reputation for um, securing defeat out the jaws of victory. So um, I, I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to convince myself that you know that that, that Edinburgh and and um, Scotland um, have done a better job than everyone else if they do beat these teams. If you know what I mean. Well, there's people who see the glass as half full. There's people who see the glass as half empty. I see a glass that's twice as big as it needs to be. <laughs> I think to myself, who left that lying there when they could have finished it? 
<laughs> the, answer, the answer to that question uh, is Johnny McGinty, and uh, yeah, when 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 was when was the last time we lost to Italy, Craig? Oh, it'll be a wee while ago. It'll be because uh, um, Parisi was player, and it was in Italy. It was in Italy, eighteen. Uh, no, no, the last time we lost to them was in Scotland. Was it? Yeah, we lost in 17. Scotland. Seventeen. Seventeen. Nope. Come on, earlier. So we we lost in the 2015-16. We got the wooden spoon that, in 2015. It's been seven years, seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. We, we got the wooden spoon in 2015 because we, we went into the World Cup on the back of a wooden spoon and we were a shocking refereeing decision away for a semi-final. So, yeah. you know, you we've beaten it like, and like the aggregate scores there, there's been... Just looking at the games just now, there's been one or two games that have been close, but really Scotland have been averaging 30, 35 points yeah, in each was, of those games. I just remember being in uh, being in um, in this Rome, the, Rome for the donkey wear in, in Rome, and uh, Greg Laidlaw had to had to get. Oh, us the Laidlaw uh, penalty! That was one of the close ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe that maybe I'm just uh, just um, Scarred from all of that. I don't Craig, know. Craig, Craig, is, Craig is giving trauma-informed commentary today. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? So that, of course, does bring us to the game of the weekend. By the way, already alluded to the world rankings. As you both know, two of the Six Nations teams are ranked number one and number two, Ireland and, and France. England are currently ranked fifth, Scotland seventh, Wales ninth, and Italy twelfth. Do those positions sound right to you? Do you do you think that's an accurate reflection of where these teams are right now? I think it's difficult to say. I think I think one and two, yeah. I think I think France and Ireland are are very very strong at the moment. Um, I think we are we are probably around seventh, sixth, seventh. I think that's fair. England under Borthwick is an unknown proposition, and I do I love the idea that England are sacking a coach a year out from a World Cup and employing a, a, a former second-row stalwart to take them to a World Cup because that worked well last time. Um, but, yeah, I think they're an unknown proposition. I think they could, with the players England have got, they could be first in the world or they could be 10th in the world. Um, it's, you know, it's that up in the air. Um, I, I think Wales are very poor. I think ninth is generous for Wales, and I think Italy are really poor. Um, so I think that's fair. But yeah, Craig, England, uh, are, England are the unknown. Do you think those numbers are right? Yeah, I think I think they're about right. I think um, you know if I'm going to if I'm going to sit here on my on my uh, northern hemisphere rugby is brilliant um, uh, uh, um, seat and say that I expect. You know those those teams that are in the Six Nations should be you know up in the top or or getting to the top of their rankings within World Rugby. I would expect that. So, you know, I think I think they're about right. I think you're, I think John's right about Italy. I think Italy at twelve, actually, you know, that's a deserved position. You know, they they put they pull out enough games to 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 keep them in the rankings fairly high, but they lose hmm. enough to keep themselves at where they are at the moment. Um, I think Wales Wales is I think Wales is an unknown. I think Wales will be interesting because I think if um, you know if they perform poorly in the Six Nations, obviously they're going to stay where they are. 
but you might see them go up a couple of places because Gatlin's managed to grind out a few different wins. Um, I think England deserve to be where they are because of the... It's a different one because I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, that England were mismanaged, especially for the last two years of the of, of Eddie Jones's hmm. career with England. Um, but people keep then turning around and showing me his win percentage and how, how many games he's won, etc. And, 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 and you kind of go, well, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, if you look at the player pool that England have, you know, even a monkey, if you give them enough time, they'll they'll write a yeah. they've, they've got a way and a typewriter, they've got the ability to write something. So um uh, Do you remember the there's the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns actually gets a million monkeys with a million typewriters <laughs> and, he them up, and he's he's checking their work and one of them is, of course they all are smoking because they be, they've become writers. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes over to this one monkey who's sitting there smoking a cigarette and he's like, let's see, it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. Stupid monkey. <laughs> and uh, I, I never thought I'd say these words, but I'm keen to get on to England shortly. Um, so b- before we get to our theoretical squad selections, John, just tell us quickly about your gut feeling about this first test in the Six Nations at Twickenham. Uh, yeah, so my gut feeling is I think Scotland will lose. Um, and that that's purely from a yes, we've got the Twickenham monkey off our back a few years ago, but ultimately, you know, it's a tough place to go. It's a tough place to go and play rugby, and an England crowd with a new coach. Um, the only the only thing keeping me positive at the moment about it is England have got a couple injuries. We've got a couple injuries as well, but I, I just I just we think will get onto that. England will be too strong for us at Twickenham. I think it'll be a close game, but I think that ultimately they'll grind out a win as England have the want to do. Craig, same question. You know, feeling good, feeling meh, feeling worried. Uh, I think we're going to get beaten. Um, I think we're at a stage where people know. Our, you know, if you look at if you look at a team that, and we'll obviously we'll go through the squad fairly soon. Um, Everyone who that the, the Townsend is going to that's going to choose apart from the one wild pick that he always does. Um, Eng- England have had enough time to play against all of those players, and they kind of know what to expect. It's like the eighteen seventy two cup. You know, we we've we've had we've held on the Edinburgh have held on the eighteen seventy two cup for for four four years. I think it is. So it, it was time for Glasgow to win it. If you understand what I mean. If you look at the if you're going to go to to Vegas and you're sitting there playing playing the slot machines at some point someone's going to you're going to win it at some point so I think that's the same thing with you know we've been down and we've held on to the Calcutta Cup for a, a period of time you're going to England are going to beat us at some point and I think it's going to all of the all of the um, you know the recipe again is all looking really good Twickenham a full house um, some some phenomenal English players as well as you know knowing what Scotland can produce um, uh, it, it could be that we end up going home without it this time. Well, I think calling the Glasgow Warriors the slot machine of rugby is going to come up on your all's pod <laughs> this week. <laughs> well, you see, the problem is the unfortunate thing about that is that if we're talking about gambling, etc., Franco Smith has learned how to count cards. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. he's, doing a, he's doing a pretty good, uh, damn good cho- uh, job of it at the moment in time, but I think it's it, it's I don't mean any disrespect to Glasgow. I was what I was trying to say was that it, you know they were due 
to take this 1872 Cup home at some point because um, they've they've struggled to keep a hold of it for the last four years. So um, you know, it, it's like in Spinal Tap when they ask the drummer if he's worried if he's going to die, and he's like, "Well, the law of averages says yeah. I will survive." <laughs> Yeah. We're working on the law of averages here, so yeah, it's, it's probably probably it'll do. I don't think it'll do England any good to win the Calcutta Cup anyway, because I think mm. like ultimately, yeah, like so. Referring back to 2015, I, th- I think if Scotland were to have a poor Six Nations, I don't think it's net. It's going to sound really backwards, but I don't think it's a bad thing, like mm. because I think we're already at a position. We're already quite grumpy about. Scotland's prospects in this World Cup. What? Let's put it that way. And, <laughs> and I think re- realigning fans' expectation could be a good thing. Because actually, I don't want to hear Scotland fans moaning when we inevitably get put out of the group stages, having taken a 60 pointer from South Africa. I don't really need that. So, like, if they could all just get on board with this idea that that's probably going to happen now. You know, if it takes a bad six nations to do that, it makes my life a lot easier. I do think it's possible to have a, a a run of games that are negative results that still are good for you. I think Australia's five match, you know, tour where they took it on the chin over and over again. I actually think that was really good for Australian rugby. I think the Wallabies are going to be better and surprise some people in this coming World Cup. I think uh, the the things they learned being completely hamstrung by injuries and losing these close games, I think all those things are going to actually make them stronger and better. Um, Especially when they fire Dave Rennie. That'll, that'll, That'll help. All the players want him. Like uh, Around the time the England players were saying and not saying anything about Eddie Jones, the Australian players were saying, we want Dave Rennie. He is the man. We want him here. He's the best. We don't care if we're losing right now. He's the answer that we need it's, right now. It's often the message that you get with Dave Rennie, actually, that put people who like Dave Rennie really like Dave Rennie. He's, okay. he's very, very good to those in his favor. And I suppose if you're getting picked for an international squad, you're probably in his favor. Interesting. So okay. You're not, you're not going to hear those negative words. You'll probably hear a lot of praise for him. Ask the guys not see, in the squad. Living where I do, you don't get these little, you know, side conspiracy theories and stuff because there's oh, no coverage at all. It's Glasgow <laughs> for you, mate. We, we we do conspiracy theories better than most. And to, be, to be honest with you, though, if uh, Whoa, consider, to- consider, considering the guy that um, uh, they're exp- they're talking about replacing Dave Rennie with, um, I think a lot of people will be saying. I, you know, I'd rather have Dave Rennie than being absolutely beasted by Eddie Jones. So, uh, you know, and yeah. being and being injured by doing tight, you know, some sort of martial arts and being slammed around every so often. So, <laughs> you know. So, squad selection. We all know that Gregor Townsend is the master of squad selection and man management, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So whatever he decides, it's automatically going to be correct. Uh, <laughs> that's a given. You know, it's kind of like the Pope. When he says something, when he's sitting on that certain chair, it's it's just a fact. Um, so the first question is, who are you who are you excited to see in the wider selection that'll be coming out in a few days? Um, I had written down that it was going to be thirty two players. Y- y'all just said it's it's more it's thirty six or thirty eight. Is that right? Um, and there is no limit that's the thing with the six nation squads we always put these arbitrary numbers on it like oh it's this it's that 
It could be Gregor Townsend could call up ninety-two players if he so desires. <laughs> Guess what? You're in the greater nine hundred and sixty-two. You, you're you're in the wider universal greater, definitely <laughs> long pick ninety-two you, players. You technically live in Scotland, alongside Bluey um, <laughs> and Mecha Godzilla. He's been picked yeah. as well because he's got a Scottish granny. Sorted. You, you have so John, John, use. give me one name that you were looking forward to seeing on that initial squad announcement. Two point two. 100 percent okay. uh so excited to see him get a run again uh it's been a it's been a an inch so when two po two first came to glasgow i and you can look back at old podcasts if you don't believe this but uh, i i was excited by what he brought i thought it was rough i thought it was raw and i didn't think he had the rugby intelligence to move between 12 and 13 i thought it was a 13 in the two laggy mold a bit of a bruiser not much skill set i've been proven so wrong and actually it's interesting because you heard last season you heard all the coaches talking about two porter's skill set his kicking game his passing game his ability to read his leadership you didn't see that under danny wilson but franco smith has taken that and went on you go son you do what you you do what you do and oh is he doing it he has been standout player for Glasgow, even more so than Jack Dempsey, which is sacrilege to me. But wow. um, yeah, two of two has been magnificent, both in the 12 and 13 jerseys this season. Uh, so I, I think he is he's an exciting pick. And I think if he is not in the 12 jersey against England, something has went horribly wrong. Craig, same query. Uh, when your eyes are pouring over the list that's going to be coming out probably Tuesday, what name is going to make you do a little teeny jump in your chair? Um, there's a there's a prop that I think is going to get another chance in a Scotland shirt, and um, no disrespect to him, but it's because it's not me, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> this, oh this is Craig announcing. He's, this is like ready. Nick Otterack with his haggis shout. This is Craig yeah. announcing he's been called up. Well, well, no. Um, <laughs> I I think we're going to see Murray McCallum back in the squad um, because he has oh. been he's been signed. Um, he's just been signed back in by Edinburgh, and um, I think he because we are really struggling at tight at tighthead. Um, because I don't think Xander's going to be fit. Or... Xander's not going to be fit. I think he's missing the whole Six Nations. Yeah, so... Murphy Walker's injured at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, I mean, you've got best prop, fittest prop in the world, Simon Bergen there. Well, there is that. Uh, you've got WP Nell, Simon Bergen. Um, what more do you need? Javan Sebastian. Um... No, I think you find you've got you've got Ollie Kebble <laughs> playing on the wrong side before Javan yeah, Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I, I think there's, I, I would be quite pleased and happy to see Muzza get a get a wee um a wee call up to the squad. So um I think so it, Craig, I'm quite excited about it. I'm gonna stick with you and I want you to give us the name of a player you're worried won't be on that list. Somebody who you th- is gonna be an, an an omission that you're worried about. Hamish Watson. I do want to ask. I'm going totally off script here, but there was a, you know, as I've said, coverage here is so weak. I saw something that was like, oh, um, Hamish's issues may require longer than we thought. 
He's going to be out for an extended period, but nobody would say why. It does seem like it all harkens back to the Lions tour, I guess. Um, is it because he cut his hair? Is that the problem? Like, I think, there... I think the, the, the cutting off the hair has ruined it for Hamish Watson. Um, but uh, no, I, I, he's, he's suffered from a, 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 a quite a few head knocks over his time. Um, and he is, uh, the last one was in a game for Edinburgh. No, it was a Scotland game. Um, and um, he then has been, the, the, the doctors and he have made the decision that he needs to rest. Now, I've seen him back at training with Edinburgh. Um, yeah, uh, he is back yeah there were the shots of him running and he's got a big smile on his face. Yeah, the SRU yeah. was very happy to be showing those. But I <laughs> I really, with the with the return of, with Darge making some good progress with yeah. his injury, um, you know, I think there's, you know, we've, I think there's a chance you won't see him in the in the Scotland squad. John, uh, John, same question to you. Um, got any fears about non-selections for this particular tournament? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and no. I think like we've obviously covered the injury ones, and I, I do agree with Craig. I think the the seven shirt is a problem for Scotland at the moment because we have, okay. uh, you know, we've had injuries to Darge and Hamish Watson, who were probably the incumbents. You've then got, um, I think what it does open up, and this this will come across the second, I think Jamie Ritchie is a fabulous, fabulous player at six. I like him at seven. I really like him at seven. And I think what it opens up is that balance of you can then have Matt Fagerson and Jack Dempsey in the same back row, who, you know, we've, we've saw some analysis. Craig's, Craig is yawning at this point, going, oh, here we go. It's Dempo time. Um, there was some analysis we saw. That's not the, a thing, we, by the way. There's no such thing as Dempo time. Dempo is a, is a very, very silly nickname, and I don't think <laughs> it, it doesn't deserve to be on this podcast. Stop. Dempo time. <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, as with, as with using a, 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 an MC Hammer, um, uh, throwback quote. Um, <laughs> it'll, fit in, it'll fit in perfectly with the old Australian throwback number eight. So uh, it fits in so well with his, uh, you know. I tell you, when I was watching the game last night, I did get very upset. Like the commentators were particularly poor on the the ERPC stream, anyway. Um, but I did get very upset at the use of the Australian number eight. Uh, moniker. I was I was quite upset about that, but no, I think like Fagerson that fiber, and Dempsey, that fiber worked for me then. I did. Dempsey and Fagerson in the same back row. They've been standout performers for Scotland across the autumn. They they topped the charts for most of the the metrics that were were being looked at for back rows uh, and forwards in general, actually. So. I think they are really, really important players, even in that short time. I think Fagerson's been an incredibly important player for Scotland throughout his career, either at eight or six. And I think Dempsey has added to that as well. So I think having Richie at seven, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think we will probably see there'll be no Watson, there'll be no Darge. There'll probably not be an out-and-out seven in the squad, actually, initially to start us off, and that and that's okay. Um, for me, the biggest concern is like there's a couple of players on the absolute periphery of the squad, and I don't want to see them miss out because of 
Gregor Townsend maybe deciding that he has to stick to his his choices that he's 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 kind of nailed his colours to a lot of masts over the years and um, I think guys like Sam Johnston, Tupotu has probably been you know he's been a standout player as I've said but I think Sam Johnston's got enough credit at the bank he should be there but he won't be um, I think Hugh Jones despite his terrific terrific performance. Uh, in every game he's played for Glasgow this season after coming back from injury, I don't think he'll be in the squad. He's played three or four times, Craig, um, and and has tore it up every single time. Um, <laughs> he's, been, he's, been, he's, been, he's been man of the match in every game I've seen him play. So, you know, like, you can't ask for more. You're coming back after injury. You can't ask for more than that, can you? Um, but, you know, and even if you then go to... I, I, I guess I just want to see form rewarded. So I want to see players who are on form actually getting the rewards for that form. So um, you've just hinted at it, in, in fact. Uh, so for the actual first match, a, a big one, I would say, Scotland have some serious injury concerns right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of the two domestic clubs, Edinburgh have been, probably been hit harder by the injury bug. Um, Craig, as far as I can tell, you're somewhat of a fan of Edinburgh. Um can can you give us a few players who won't be available for the opening fixture? Um, well, we've got a question mark over Duhan. Um, we've got we know for sure that Darcy is not going to be taking part in the Six Nations. Well, Darcy Graham, um, which are two. Well, I'm going to say this, and this is all this. This is no disrespect. Darcy's out for the Darcy's out for the whole Six Nations, or just oh, Darcy's, out, yeah. Darcy's out for the whole oh, Six Nations at this moment in time. Um, Duhan, I don't think is going to be as much of a loss as Darcy, um, but he's uh, he's certainly a loss. Um, and then uh, I th- I think that's that's where we are really. I think Xander Fagerson's got obviously that's a Glasgow player, but it, I think that's. That's going to be difficult for us as well. Um, but other than that, I think um, obviously, well, you see, the problem I have is that, is that I I don't want to say Hamish Watson when we talked about him earlier on, but I'm kind of just my, my my head is telling me that Hamish Watson is an injury concern. Um, I don't think it would be a bad thing for him to miss out, though. No, That's I I, I, like, I, I, I think I, we we talked about how how good he was when he went on tour to Argentina. Um, but all of us said he shouldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, exactly. and we actually, I actually feel that that was probably the bigger mistake of, of, of mm. the whole lot. I think that's caused more issues than it really solved. But yeah, I think I think the main, I think are, are and also there's there's still question marks over Stuart Hogg as well. Stuart Hogg, yeah. Um, because he's not. Yeah, he's really, been staying at home. Uh, yeah, ongoing yeah, multiple multiple things for him. Yeah, well, there was an illness. There was. There's also he's still having trouble with his knee after he had a he had a knee um a, a knee operation. So there's there's still a lot of things around here that and that playing I believe for Exeter, his his butt might have gotten too big at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's just maybe he's just decided that you know um, that he's fed up. Uh, you know, listening to the, the dirge that is the tomahawk chop being Ugh. belted out of the speakers. So maybe he's just decided he wants to As they say team. in New York, don't get me started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Sean, so, out of the players we were just talking about, um, who represents the biggest loss or the biggest concern for Scotland? And you can include uh, some Glasgow players we didn't mention. It. 
Yeah, well, well I was, the only other player I was going to add to the list is Johnny Gray's injured at the moment as well. He'll be there or thereabouts for the squad. Um, yeah, I, th- I think realistically, given the depth we have in positions, I think Xander Fagerson's the biggest miss. Um, I think everyone else can be replaced. Darcy probably the closest to irreplaceable amongst that group. But, you know, mm. if you had, you've got wingers who can do a job. I think Xander Fagerson, the drop off from Xander Fagerson and w, WPNL through to uh, some of the other, you know, Money McCallum has went from not having a club five minutes ago to potentially being, you know, thrown into action at Twickenham. And that is a massive ask and no disrespect to Murray McCallum. I think he's a fabulous player. I think it was a mistake that we, that, you know, I think we'll finally rectify the mistake that he's back at Edinburgh now. I think that, you know, that should have been the, the outcome from the off. And we obviously spoke to Murray about this, Craig, so we, we yeah, know some of the yeah. discussions that happened. But, yeah, for me, for me, Xander Fagerson is the biggest miss. Um, I would be concerned about Stuart Hogg Missing, however, I would also be excited about the prospects that that would bring, because I think mm. there's a couple options at fullback that are having good seasons. Uh, well, there's an option at fullback that's having a good season, and there's an option at fullback who's not playing much fullback, but would be a good option at fullback. So there's there's potential there for the future, because Stuart Hogg's not. I mean, he's 30 years of age. He's not going to go on forever. Um, and some would argue probably actually already peaked and probably, you know, we need to be looking at other options and he needs to be told that he can be dropped when, when the time comes. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if he doesn't make it, it'll be interesting to see what the selection is. So let's leave the, the realm of the negative predictions and go to the positive ones. Um, and I want to do a little, like a back and forth here with you guys giving us one player each who to you is absolutely nailed on. We're talking about this first fixture. It's February 4th. We're at Twickenham. Um, somebody who's playing no matter what. This is the match day 23 for the England game. We'll just do 10 players. It's, so it doesn't have to be the starters or anything like that. So you can even you know double up on positions and stuff. Um, just people you're certain are going to be there in the squad on that day. Um, I flipped a coin and it's landed on Craig. So, Monsieur Masson, uh, please give us one player you feel sure 100% is going to be listed on the 23 on February 4th at Twickenham. Um, by the way, I see that that match listed as at, starting at 4:45 p.m. Is that right? That seems like a really yeah. weird time mm-hmm. to start a game. Yeah, weird times they start up. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, let's get the obvious ones out of the way. Finn Russell will be starting at 10. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. John, that, that brings it to you. Who's your first uh, nailed on player? So, uh, Richie Gray will be in the number five shirt. Gray at five. I love it. Craig, who's next? Um, well, let's, uh, can, well, uh, Let's just say that I would expect to see Grant Gilchrist partner up with Richie Gray. Wow, that's a bold shout, Craigie boy. Well, uh, I will give you a chance to rebut as well, so don't worry. Uh, John, who's your second nailed-on player? Uh, say, well, it's Jamie Ritchie, obviously, either in the six or seven shirt, depending where we're at. But I would say he'll be in the, sh- the seven shirt. 
I've, I've never met a Richie in my life, and apparently they're all in Scotland. <laughs> yep. Uh, Greg, thinking, who's your I'm third nail? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, actually, I think I think the, the who's nailed on to be in the twenty three, um, and could switch in for Grant Gilchrist as Sam Skinner. Yeah. See, that's where I was thinking you might go, Craig. I think I think Skinner's mm. been uh, Gil, Gilchrist. Don't get me wrong, Gilchrist's been playing well. And you'll not hear I, me say that often, but yeah, I, th- uh, I, th- I think Skinner's I think a better player. Well, you Greg, see, is, that, is that your third pick, Sam Skinner? Yeah, go with Sam Skinner. Yeah. Okay, John, who's your third pick? This is somebody who's nailed on, who's definitely in the twenty-three that day. Oh, Ali Price. I think so. Whether he should be or not is a different question, but he will be. Doesn't have to be starting. Uh, okay, that that's six players. Craig, who is your fourth pick? Who's definitely going to be in that 23? The God of Thunder himself, Pierre Schumann. Ah, yes. Please. I, I was, going to, I was going to pick him, Craig, but I thought I'm going to let Craig have that one. That's, that is, that's <laughs> very Craig's, kind of you. Hold that's still Craig's. my beating heart. Uh, exactly. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> from, from all I can tell, which is very little, he's, he's just like, what a great guy. It just seems like if you see him, he's going to shake your hand. And he's going to smile and he's going to have a good time and have something nice to say. Absolutely. John, that leaves you though. Who's your fourth pick? Well, in the spirit of following on, be still my beating heart. It will be none other than Jack Dempsey. He'll be, a, ah. he'll be start, starting at eight in my team. Isn't Jack, Jack Dempsey, Dempsey is like a, a, a name that could do anything. Like if it was like, oh, he's the leading commentator for CNN. Okay, Jack Dempsey, sure. Jack Dempsey, so like, yeah. Any, he probably has. Yeah, any position in the world. <laughs> if you say, oh, Jack, Jack Dempsey is doing that, you'd be like, okay, that sounds good. Oh, oh some, some uh, it was uh, Rory on our group chat called him Jack D the other day. And I was like, yep, I'm okay with this. Yep. <laughs> Okay, Craig, it's your final pick. Who is your last oh, player pick. who's absolutely nailed on in the 23 on February 4th? I can't, oh, man. Well, I've give got a, to see it. Give me a forward. I, Come on. Give you a forward? Oh, a forward. Okay. He's going right. to give you a back. Whoa, I was, easy I was, up. Gonna, I was going to give you a back. Um, give you a forward. Let me have a wee think here now. He, he um, was going to say two or four two as well. Damn it. <laughs> well, that means John can't pick Tua Pilato. Oh, I, I, I was gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, 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 I've got my starting fifteen written down here. I've got it all nailed. <laughs> my goodness. Um, well, uh, I think um, Big Suz will be named in the twenty-three. You reckon? Yeah. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I'd be a bit, I'd be surprised. Who else at, 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 at loose head are you going to are you going to select? I, I reckon we're going to see someone. I, I reckon we'll see someone else. I don't know if Suz is fit. John, that leaves you. Who's your final pick? Well, I mean, the obvious answer is it's obviously going to be Chris Harris at thirteen. Like, there's no, there's no doubt that it will be Townsend will pick Chris Harris at thirteen. Um, so was it you guys who mentioned this week that Chris Harris is a Tory? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. he yeah. is ha, 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 up, apart ha, from Johnny McGinty, he is pin up Tory boy. Ha, hi, <laughs> it, it goes, it goes, Johnny McGinty, Chris Harris, Tim Visser. 
Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not sitting there telling me right now that Johnny McGinty's a Tory. Please. He may speak like someone who wants independence for Scotland, but he, the way he dresses, he is Tory boy through and through. He's, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's, the only, he's the only Tory I've ever heard talk about how they could make their, you know, their vest, a vest top, like, and they could just wear the, the blazer just to show off his guns as well. So definitely Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if we quickly review that, Craig had Finn Russell at 10, we had Grant Gilchrist, we had Sam Skinner, we had Pierre, uh, Pierre Schumann, and we had the big suz. Um, John had Richie Gray, Jamie Ritchie, Allie Price, Jack Dempsey, and Chris Harris. Uh, Craig, I'll give you first crack. Uh, any, you know, any bone to pick with any of those selections from John? Um. No. Uh, well, yeah, there is. There, there is one. And it's I think it's someone who is completely and utterly off form at this moment in time, and that is Ali Price. Um, I don't 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 get me wrong. I think he's I think John's bang on. Um, I think he'll get picked, he'll be in the squad. Um, mm. but I think um I think if if I think Ali Price has, has slipped off a of form just now. Well, actually, let me rephrase that because I don't think it's he's gone off form. Yeah, I think that. Townsend, Townsend has finally managed to knock the corners off him, and oh. he's gone from he's gone from the alley price that we all knew and loved. That was a little bit dangerous. He was always, you know, he, he was he was a he was a fast player. He was the George. He he is George Horn to him being Greg Laidlaw at this moment in time now. Yeah. Apart from George Horn can kick the ball over the over the sticks now, just like Greg Laidlaw, but. Um, he's 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 absolutely you know for me he's slowed up he kicks far too much now but I'm not blaming that on Ali Price I'm blaming that on Gregor Townsend and also Fair. Danny Wilson. Um, what, what what we were saying, Craig, was he's he's playing like a Scotland scrum half and not a Glasgow scrum half. Yes, he's playing he's playing Scotland game plan in a in a Glasgow side that are not playing like Scotland. Yeah, uh, we're 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 probably playing like Scotland in 2017 at the moment at Glasgow. What? And what, yeah, and, and what, what has harmed Scotland? And again, this is another, you know, extensional, what's it, um, a extensive conversation piece that we maybe not have time just now to talk about. But um, we all giggled when Townsend came out saying that he wants Scotland to be the fastest playing team in the world. We all giggled and laughed and laughed up our sleeve and said, you're joking, you're having a laugh. But actually, that was an identity I probably could have got on board with. Rather I, loved, than, I loved it. Yeah, rather than the identity that we have at this moment in time where basically we don't really know what what how Scotland play. We don't really know how Scotland plays at this moment in time. So um, I think, um, you know, Ali Price and, jo you know, a, a team of Ali Price and George Horn, you know, as a Scotland team of that, my yeah. God, you're going to have to watch yourself with them, you know. And now it's kind of Ali Price's... He's almost been affected by Gatland. He's been affected by by Townsend being infe infected by uh, uh, Gatland as well. You know, and it's just you know Townsend has been like a sponge. He's sucked. He's sucked up all these different coaching ideas, and now he's just a, a grey muddy puddle. 
um, heroes instead of a instead of a, a glass of Mountain Dew or something like that, you know. I just found the title for this episode: a grey muddy puddle. Yeah. <laughs> Looking outside just now, there's a few grey muddy puddles just out there. So yeah, it's a fair, a fair title for this pod. John, same question. Uh, can you take exception to any of Craig's five yeah. nailed-on players? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I question Grant Gilchrist straight away because I think there is there's options there. Um, there's not many options, and don't get me wrong, I think Grant Gilchrist may or may not be in the 23. Uh, I just think there's better options available, and if injuries go the way that they're meant to be going, we may see other players ahead of Grant Gilchrist. Um, in terms, and obviously I called out Suz at the time, I, I, I'm not 100% certain. I would have Rory Sutherland in my, my 23 all day, right? But I don't think he's fit. And that that's the only concern I have about that. So, um, but again, the, the thing with this Scotland team is, in spite of us speculating about selection and doing the you know, who, who, well, they won't, they, injury aside, most of the team will actually pick itself. And there's not that much we can do about that. Uh, there's a couple of people that could, you know, there's a couple of selection debates depending on the approach we want to take. But I think if you're picking on form, then this team picks itself. And I think we may see, you know, Townsend's been, Townsend has previous on picking on form, doesn't he? So hopefully we'll see that. So the game itself, Steve Borthwick has obviously been installed as Eddie Jones' successor. Uh, successor. At first, I heard a lot of snickering, some of it coming from myself, uh, over the idea of sacking your all-time winningest coach. But since then, I've been hearing some buzz about, you know, what Borthwick might be able to bring to the table. His leaving certainly seems to have impacted the Leicester Tigers. People are starting to point to that, to, you know, his success there as a sign of hope for England. A team that, as we said, is already rated number five in the world in the first place. I mean, what some nations would do to have England's problems, right? Um, John, how much influence is Borthwick going to have and how quickly will we start to see that impact? Will the England team that runs out against Scotland on the fourth look or play you know, significantly different than when we've seen them recently? That, that is a really, really good question. Um, no, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think the timescales involved are too short to have any tangible influence. And I think it would be different if you're in a position where players are centrally contracted and you're able to get them in and do a bit of session, a few sessions with them because they're all club owned. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's going to have time to influence it. I think it's also important to note, but probably some of the snickering has come from people who have been watching the Premiership a wee bit and for all the, the best will in the world, Leicester were on a downward trajectory again and Borthwick jumped over to the role. He, he has had success with them, there's no doubt in that, but I think Leicester have been struggling a bit more than they had done previously um, and there was almost an idea that perhaps they were on a, starting to regress slightly uh, and maybe Borthwick's time as a coach, if he'd hung about a bit longer, you may have found that his Leicester Tigers were not quite as successful. Um, hmm. So it, the, the timing has worked out pretty well for him. My concern is I don't think he's a coach that is going to... 
I think I think he's a talented coach, but I don't think he's, you know, I think he's made good appointments in terms of his assistants. It just comes down to whether he's able to work with them and listen to them, and uh, if he's able to give someone like Nick Evans, that for me that's a great signing, and if he gives him free reign with that attack, England could be phenomenal. But the concern is you're moving away from English rugby DNA, and Borthwick is ingrained in that. He's going to want dominance up front, forward power, 10-man rugby, with maybe the backs occasionally seeing the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't think there's going to be that much change from Eddie Jones, though. Craig, you're a coach, so same question. How quickly can a top-level coach create positive change in a team? Do England you know, even need much changing, or you know, is the simple absence of the acerbic Eddie Jones going to be enough on its own? I think I think where you're going to see the big difference is that um, Steve Borthwick is more of this. He, he he's not as um, he's. He, I'm trying to find the words here, but um, Eddie Jones had to control everything, and Steve Borthwick will delegate far more, and it, and it's obvious when you see the people he's put into place at this moment in time to, to change England. So I think you'll see a you'll see a significant difference. I think A, you'll see the players relax a little bit more um, and not be worried that you know they make one small mistake on the field, then all of a sudden they're no longer going to be playing for England again. Um, they won't be discarded as quickly. I think you'll develop a far better relationship with the players. And I think that that for me is is more Will will change the the team on on a slightly longer process than we're talking about to to the better. Where I think the change will come um, quite quickly is having Nick Evans um, in his attack coach. I think he is someone who will play to if Marcus Smith is fit. Um, will play to Marcus Smith's tune that little bit more, and so you'll see that little, instead of that controlled. Um, uh, George Ford, um, Owen Farrell, 10, 12 axis, that's all about control and playing to a specific game plan. And then if that game plan's not working, struggling to to, to turn the, the, the proverbial oil tanker to on to do something different. I think you'll probably see that that ability of England to to um to maneuver to a different attacking style quite quickly. Um, so I think that's going to be your biggest difference um, because whatever, because he's kept Richard Cockrell on at the moment for the forwards. So, um, so Craig, un- unfortunately, the listeners can't see it, but I've bought you this Steve Borthwick suit that I would like you to sort of try to shoehorn yourself into. Um, <laughs> once you're wearing this suit, give us your game plan for defeating Scotland in the opening round of the Six Nations, what threats does Scotland pose to you? And how are you dealing with them? What are your keys to victory as coach of England? Um, there's, for me, there's two, two things to deal with, Scot- with Scotland. Um, the main one for me is um, defence. Um, putting pressure on um, on the, the players around Finn Russell. Finn Russell can deal with a, a fairly quick defence. He's, he's quick enough thinking on that side of things. But if you smother him, 
you're covering the the the, the 10 12 channel um and 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 stopping him doing giving him enough time to think as such then i think that will that will um will will stifle the attack because he probably is you you have you have to you'll have to pull off to outside him i can guarantee he'll be outside finn russell um and when you put two Pilotto outside Finn Russell, you're looking at short ball, flat ball, into contact. Um, if you where, if you buy into that, then that's all you're going to get. What you tend to find is with two Pilotto, if you give him enough time, he'll start kicking the ball and start start putting the ball behind you, and that's where he's dangerous. So you need to smother that as quick as you possibly can. So mm. if you're mark if you're marking that ten and ten twelve channel on a regular basis. Chris Harris will take the ball into contact. Chris Harris will do what Chris Harris does. Um, and then you, you don't have as high quality outside wingers yeah. as, as you've had before. So, you know, you can put them not as lightning quick as, as, as maybe or as big as Duhan or Darcy. So, you know, you've got the ability then to drift out and pick them off if the ball goes to them. So um, I think, I think, you know, that's where you're going to see the main, you know, that's where I, well, that, that's, that's where I would, that's my first prong of a, of changing it. The second one would be the attack. Um, I would just fight fire with fire. If you look at Chris Harris and how he defends, you don't want any. You don't want to be anywhere near him. You want to let him. Uh, you want to neutralise him as quick as you can, and you want to put as many balls towards um, uh, Blair Kinghorn and to um, uh, or to Hoggy as as you possibly can, because they're both. You know they're okay under a high ball, but they're not the best. Um, whereas you've got, um, you know, you, so I think I think that's where Nick Evans will come in, and and there's, so and there's John, quite, sorry, 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 go ahead. No, just the, ahead. there's also a question mark of over, of having um, George Ford coming in at ten because he's coming back to oh. fitness. Yeah, so yeah. So if he, if he's fit and he's back, he's he's a world class ten, George Ford. But where do you where where Nick Evans may, God forbid, see it? He may you may not have Owen Farrell at twelve. And if you don't have Owen Farrell at 12, but you have George Ford at 10, that's going to be spicy. That'll be interesting. So, so John, I unfortunately, I can't ask you to put on this Gregor Townsend suit because apparently most of it is already in France. So, <laughs> so instead, I'm going to have to ask you to just to put on this mask of Chunk from the movie The Goonies and uh, tell us, how is Scotland prepared to deal with England at Twickenham? What are your keys to success as Gregor? Yeah, and I think I think you know it's it's always simple messaging when you're talking about these these things. And I think the first the first key neutralise the crowd. So Scotland, England are going to come out firing, and Scotland, when Scotland have been pasted at Twickenham, it's we've made the mistake early doors, we've conceded a yellow card, we've conceded a penalty, we've conceded a try. Scotland need to they don't need to start well; they just need England to not start well. And they need to build into the game and take their time. And I think actually that's where selection is going to be key. The weather is going to be key. If Scotland do have the ability to control the ball for a few minutes and just almost neutralise the crowd, the crowd are there to see the big unveiling of the Steve Borthwick experiment. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You mentioned the the weather. If it's pouring down rain like it was this past weekend, who does that favour? I don't... I think I, I don't think it favours either team necessarily. I think all it would do is it would probably neutralise the fire that England could possibly bring under Nick Evans. 
but it probably Scotland are a bit more pragmatic. Um, England are the unknown quantity here. Scotland will be pragmatic. They are able to play in conditions. They, you know, they they have the ability to ship the ball, but yeah, I don't I don't think it necessarily favours either team. Uh, I just think it. I think mentally it would work better for Scotland, but um, I don't think necessarily in terms of playing Fair. style it suits either team. Okay. Um, but yeah, neutralise the crowd, get Finn Russell on the ball, get Tuapoto on the ball, um, and as Craig says, give Tuapoto time to build that kicking game and start to hear that leadership coming through. And then the third thing you have to do against England is forwards, forwards, forwards. You have to be able to break down and set piece. You have to get parity at set piece and you have to win the breakdown battle. And with the Twickenham crowd on your back and the referees the way they are, you probably have to win the breakdown battle twice before you're going to get rewarded for it. So it's, it's difficult. Scotland are going to have to physically, and note that forward pack, and again, it's where you know the backs, Tuapoto, Chris Harris, that is not a small centre partnership. They are, you know, Chris Harris is a deceptively big boy. Tuapoto is an absolute wrecking ball. That's not a bad thing when you're going up against England. Yeah, you're, you are going to work hard. And Finn Russell puts himself about. I think we might see George Horn in the squad, Craig. And I think he'll, you know, he's not a small, he, he's a very small boy, but he'll fair put himself about and he'll, you know, physically try and uh, cause some issues as well. So it, Scotland are going to have to be aggressive, dominant. And then, then we've got a shot. But that, that, that's ultimately where it comes back. Then we've got a shot. Against this team, and that's what it comes down know, to, right? Just get yeah, a, yeah, get a shot. shot at it. And if England can, I, I reckon we've got big game players that if it's a tight game, I don't think we're going to be in a position where we were in the autumn, where in a tight game we're looking at you know a kick to win the game and we miss it. I think we, we're we've got good players there that will hit goals, and I even include the, the backup 10 in that, Craig. I think uh, backup 10 may find that he's already played 70 minutes by that point. Uh, on the on the wing, um, but I reckon we've we've got good players who who are able to close out games and can win us this game. I just think England, if England turn up, they'll blow us away. Craig, do you want to swap costumes for a minute and rebut any of Chunk's thoughts here? No, I I I have to agree. Um, my only the only thing I I, I think um, the rain I think the rain will play in if it is raining it will play in England's side of things because I think their forwards are heavy, are stronger in the contact area. Um I'm not meaning, you know, you know, if we've got uh huh. Jamie Ritchie um and we've got Matt Fagerson, etc. well I'm not so much Fagerson, but you know if you've got hunt ball hunters out there hunting for the ball, etc. on the breakdown, then maybe but Actually, what I tend to find is the the actual contact area. So when they're when they're going into rucks, they're going to get taken out of the rucks a lot. A lot. You know, the England will really sh- use their power game, and they have a power game. You know, and they'll double well, down on that. Fear not. Curry, I, I looked. I looked it up. I looked it up and apparently it never rains in England. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, how did you like Craig dressed as Steve Borthwick? Uh, anything you disagreed with him while he was in that role? I mean, I disagreed with all of like Craig being dressed as Steve Borthwick. First of all, <laughs> that, that, that's a site that's going to haunt my nightmares from now on. But 
Would no, you all do that for Halloween next year? Uh, yeah, we'll all no, absolutely not. Let's not let's not uh, go down. Yeah, no, I think I think Craig's absolutely spot on. Um, and uh, as you would expect, like Craig, Craig understands the Scotland setup and understands what Scotland's strengths are. And I think what we're seeing more and more of coaching teams now is it's it's about taking teams on at their strengths a lot of time as well. Um, so you know, fighting fire with fire with attack. Scotland's attack is absolutely one of their strengths. Well, we're still to see who will be leading that attack. I'm presuming it'll be Gregor. Um, maybe Finn Russell is now player coach. Who knows? Um, he didn't but, do too uh, well when it came. He, he didn't. He didn't do too badly when it came to uh, that game and uh, at Twickenham. The, uh, the, the well, exactly. He was player coach that that second yeah, half, wasn't he? Right? So yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that was maybe he's just been interviewed by Dodson and that's his new role and. Um, I expect him to be patched out of it in a year and get an NDA, but never mind. Um, so no, I don't. I don't disagree with what Craig says, um, and I think England will will go for the stuff about delegation is really important. But ultimately, the the old adage that keeps coming to mind is the best laid plans don't survive contact with the enemy, and I think the England players under Eddie Jones, have been conditioned to not think. And Scotland's players, despite Gregor's controlling nature, I think do still retain a bit more creativity and freedom that may allow Scotland to um, adapt in situations. If there is, if it is wet weather or, you know, the referee's decided that he's going to referee the breakdown in a certain way, I think England may struggle until they get back in the sheds at halftime and then I think England pull away in the second half. But well we're we're in a beautiful place in the world where we can have Robert Burns in one hand with the best laid plans of men and mice and then also have Mike Tyson with his everybody has a plan as they get punched in the mouth. Uh, yeah exact, exactly exactly everything yeah, in between. It's a wild cornucopia. <laughs> We've got, well, each each region all has their same variant on the same story, don't they? <laughs> so it is prediction time, and we're in the home stretch. I need to let you guys go, and also go back to admitting that I have a small child who's upstairs somewhere. Um, <laughs> prediction time, John. You're up first for this opening weekend. Um, for the opening weekend, I do want scores. After that, we're just going to talk results. Um, John, Wales versus Ireland in Cardiff. Who wins, and what is your final score? And I'm actually going to make notes of this. Right. Okay. So I Ireland win. For me, and they win twenty six nine. Okay, Craig, same game. What are you looking at? Thirty two fourteen Ireland. Oh, the the chat the chat will be Gatland out at that point, Craig. I think Ireland. If Ireland, if the if the Ireland that we expect we've seen over the last year turn up, Wales are going to be torn apart. I agree. They're so good right now. They're beating everybody. I know what y'all are saying with the fact that I can't get out of the quarterfinals. I had that chat with Bernard Jackman, and I asked him outright, is this coming World Cup the year y'all get out of the quarterfinals? And he was like, yes. <laughs> he was. He's a hard guy to disagree with. You know what I mean? He's totally well... ruined it. He's, he's, he's totally ruined it there. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, 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 he's absolutely... Yeah, I mean, the problem for Ireland is the group they're in, the, they could very, very, very easily finish second in that group. 
and then all of a sudden it's a really tough quarterfinal. So, you know, when you've got South Africa in your group, you're always under pressure. Yeah. So Italy versus France. We'll just do that one next. Uh, John, what's your score and result? Uh, so it's in Italy. Is that right? It is. Yeah, it's in, it's France in Italy. is going to Rome. As France are going to Rome. I reckon France, you're talking 56-14. Ooh, 14 points for Italy, though. Nice. Yep. Yeah, France. Craig, what do you got? 28-19 uh, France. Closer game. Okay. Ooh, that's a close one. I like it. And then, of course, the big one. England are at home hosting Scotland. John, what's the result in this one? It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I reckon you're looking. It's going to be a closer game. I think. I hope it's going to be a close game. Uh, I reckon twenty-one seventeen to England. Ooh, okay. Seventeen, Craig. You already said pretty much outright that you expect Scotland to win this one. Are you sticking with that? What's your score going to be? No, I was the other way around. You was, was the other way around. Yeah. Good try though. I think it's going to be 27-10, England. Okay. So round two, we'll have Ireland at home for France. Craig, who's you don't have to give me a score, but who's winning that one? Ireland at home versus France. Ireland. John. I reckon... Ah, I'm going to disagree, Craig. Let's go. Let's go, France. France aren't in the habit of losing, right? I, I reckon uh, Johnny Sex Sex Spot will be out, and that'll be it. France will run riot. The uh, <laughs> the the handle on the side of his head might be out by then too, so it'll be hard <laughs> to deal with him. Um, of course. Then Scotland are back at home for Wales. Craig, are Scotland going to win this one? Yeah. Absolutely. John? I, I, I completely agree because it's at home. I agree. And then, of course, it's England at home versus Italy. I think we probably, <laughs> I think we probably know. Uh, Craig, Craig, any chance of an upset there, Craig? No, England are going to beat Italy. Oh, I, I, okay, John, probably England. Yeah. I know you don't like saying the word, but so round three, Italy will be back at home to face Ireland, John. Who's going to win that one? Uh, I would imagine it should be Ireland. I think so. Craig? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I've ever seen in here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Wales will be at home for England in that, in that third round. Uh, John, Wales have a chance? <laughs> I actually think they do. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. Here we I go. think Wales are a terrible side, but the Millennium Stadium or the Principality or whatever it's called next next Jalember, I, like I reckon a big game against England is always in Wales' capacity. I reckon they might turn, turn England over here, actually. Yes. Craig, agree? Um, England can't win every game, right? They're not going to get a grand slam. I think I think you're right. I think the issue with England is they don't have the stamina to be to win everything to be a Grand Slam team this year. Yeah. So I think they're going to lose something, um, and I think um, it'll be yeah. definitely. I think Wales will, Wales have the key for England, um, and uh, not everyone has the key for England. But I think Wales will do it. Yeah. Okay, 
I love that. And then, of course, France are at home to host Scotland. I mean, should we even talk about it? Scot- I John, Scotland. John, who's Scotland, going to... Scotland are going to win that. <laughs> I think Scotland are go. going to turn them over. Yes. I think this is going to be a really unpredictable Six Nations. I think Scotland will turn them over. And I mean, Howass and... isn't in the side, I don't think, now. He's not going to punch anybody. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, France should win that game, right? But I just, I just have a feeling Scotland are going to go there and do okay. Craig? I disagree. I think it's going to be France. Okay. So, in the fourth round, Italy are back at home to host Wales. Craig, who's winning that game? Italy. Hey, I like it. John, agree? I think it will be Wales. This is uh, good, though. This is creating rivalry here, Craig. It's exactly. Almost like, almost like the There's SRU a reason I'm writing are... this stuff down, too. Yeah. Um, the middle game, of course, England are back at Twickenham to host France. Oh, my God, that's going to be good. Craig, who's winning that epic clash? I think that's an England win. <sighs> I, reckon after, I reckon after getting turned over by Scotland, I think France are under pressure. And I think France come back all guns blazing and they turn yes. them over. Scotland will be back at home to face currently world number one Ireland. Craig, uh, Scotland are going to win, maybe? Yes. <gasps> all That's right. A That's a boy. I think, I and John, you... agree? Ah, I'm, t- I'm so... T- Do you know what? No, I don't agree. I think it's going to be a draw. Hey! So I I literally was thinking just before we met up, I was like, "No pundits ever predict a draw. They happen, you know. Nobody ever says, I see a draw.' I'm not not used to John having splinters on his butt from uh, from being on the fence, but you know, it would be the most Scottish (laughs) thing ever, though, to get finally get a position to beat Ireland and then like at home and then just absolutely two tries in the last 10 minutes absolutely lose it and get a draw out of it it would be peak scotland this, yeah, yeah. this team is peak scotland i reckon it'll be a draw we did we did the game, that against the game describing scotland exactly. will be up 14 with like 10 minutes to go and ireland yeah. will just score two tries yeah. in a row convert yeah. the last kick after the clock has gone red so, so and everyone will be like oh. Convert the last kick off the post as well. It'll be absolutely disgusting. He'll be missing an arm by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll look like he's been playing a game of cannon fodder, uh, and it's like actually the 18th like fly half off the off the hill. Got, There'll be gravestones uh, and all sorts. I think they're about to start building them like seven or nine out of uh, out of. Uh... <laughs> I'm shocked to say that is the first Borg reference in my pod. It seems like that was inevitable and it should have happened before now. Sorry? I was saying Ireland I was hoping and... you were going Terminator style, Terminator 2, you know, no, where he gets I... like blown to pieces and he's like Argh. We will accept both. You've got to understand that I, that Leinster are the Borg and it will spread all the way through yeah, through exactly. Ireland and then it resistance is futile. <laughs> So our final round of the Six Nations starts with Scotland hosting Italy. Uh, John, Scotland's going to win that one, right? They'll win it. They're 40 points, comfortably. Okay. They're going to Craig, smash them. agree? Italy win. <gasps> Do they? Nonsense, Craig. You, 
you you can't be serious. I mean, you'll be there, right, to watch. That could be rough, right? You'll be at Murrayfield going with your son, going, "What the? Yeah. Come on, son, come and see this. You've got to see it. It'll only happen once in a, once in every every decade." Yeah. Um, uh, I, no, I I don't know. I'm I'm being flippant. Um, uh, it's already written down. Sorry, too late. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, David, I'll take it because. There's there's an awful big part of me going to Italy. We're going to we're going to lose to Italy at some point, and this is a good opportunity with Gregor Townsend with the half. I mean, happy, somebody's going to lose to Italy, so we're going to lose to them in the World Cup warm-ups. That's when we're going to lose to them. Like, oh, come on, you guys! Yeah, come yeah, on, That's yeah. the one I'm there for. Come on! <laughs> yeah, come to Scotland, come to Murrayfield, and feel the atmosphere there as Italy beat us in the in the warm-ups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'll get the Mexican food from the artisanal bakers or whatever it was. Oh, uh, no. The middle game. Don't, don't is... talk to me about that because I've got a story to tell you about the food at Murrayfield, but that's a different. I'll talk to you oh. So France Ridiculous. will be hosting Wales in the final game of the Six Nations. Uh, John, who's winning France versus Wales? Yeah, it's France 100% for me. It's got to be, right? Craig? Sorry, what was that? Uh, it's France, France hosting Wales in the final round. France. Yeah. And then Ireland in Dublin to take on England, who will have had, you know, several months of Steve Borthwick by then. You know, his impact should be fully felt by then, I would think. Right? Uh, John, the number one team in the world versus the number five team in the world, but it's England. John, who wins Ireland versus England? I think, I think by my calculations, there'll be a championship on the line at this point. I think Ireland will take it, um, powered on by a crowd that will be roaring them. And I think it will come down to points difference or bonus points at this point based on oh, the wow. predictions we've made. So I like that. Uh, it'll be interesting. Craig, does England have a chance in that one? No, because Ireland will be coming back from the inevitable beating at Murrayfield by Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and so they will be uh, they will be on fire and ready to take the championship, not the Grand Slam. So let's see. John says Ireland, France. I'm gonna have to cobble this together later, I think. Um, because otherwise this will make for incredibly poor podcasting material. <laughs> um, <laughs> um out of the games we've just been talking about, though, John, what non-Scotland game will be the worst match to watch out of all the ones we've just talked about? What game are you likely to skip? Um, well, jo- uh, I the one I'll be like. Oh, I see. John's disappeared. Sorry about John's that. John's just disappeared Sorry. for a second. Or so yeah, we'll go quick. Um, for me, I think um, the one I'm going to be least interested in will probably be Wales, England. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it'll just be a kickathon, I'm sure. Yeah, there will probably be a lot of that. It'll be, it's gonna be round three. Interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder about that. Um, I think I think with it being round three and with it being, you know, they'll, they'll start to be thinking about championships. And if uh, you know, I'm not. So much, well, the, the way I've predicted things, the Wales won't be thinking about championships, but they just kick the leather off the ball anyway. Um, right. But uh, but I think England, if they're anywhere further down the line, yes, Nick Evans is going to bring a certain je ne sais quoi to the um, to the uh, England attack. But what 
what the overwhelming pressure of you've got the opportunity to do something special here in your first year in charge will bring on the dull kickathon um, and aiming for uh, you know letting giving the other team the ball to make them make the mistakes. John, the the question was, what is the least palatable game in all of these Six Nations fixtures? Which one are you most likely to be diving in a lake with your girlfriend rather than watching? <laughs> uh, pretty much any of them featuring Italy. Um, I, I find Ireland-Italy is usually an absolute snooze fest. Um, France-Italy can often be a snooze fest as well. So I, I think those two pretty bad. Um, there's a few maybe... Ireland-Wales can often be a, a dirge as well. Um, so I might, might struggle with that one. But yeah, as Craig says, anything where you're, you're seeing two tactical teams wanting to just leather the ball or don't want to play rugby. And I think there's a few... Sadly, I think I don't see this being a classic Six Nations. I think it'll be close in terms... I think any team... Actually, I think most teams can beat each other um, with the exception of Italy. Um, but... I think we're, in terms of the type of play, particularly this long out from a World Cup, I don't think you're going to be seeing attack coaches right, left and centre throwing their their best premium moves out into the, the field. I think oh. it'll, be a bit, it'll be a bit friendly fire, actually. So, Great yeah, point. I, I don't see this going to cost Are a lot of these nations going to be keeping their powder dry, as they like to say? You I, know, I reckon Only so, a few yeah. months away? Yeah, oh. you'll you'll not you'll not you'll not see anything that could be an advantage for, um, particularly thinking about Ireland being in the same group as Scotland, um, you know, teams like that they are going to keep their powder dry. I don't I don't think you'll see necessarily a classic Six Nations. So, Craig, which fixture not involving Scotland has you most excited? I mean, it, it, it's easy for me because rounds four and five. England at home for France, and then Ireland at home for England. I mean, my favorite thing is to watch England lose, and that's two great opportunities for that to happen. <laughs> but I imagine those both those clashes are going to be epic. Uh, what are you looking forward to? That's not a Scotland game. I, I think. Uh, I think. Well, usually, usually the way set it up, and I haven't looked at the, all the dates, so I'm not entirely sure. But usually, what usually happens at the last game of the, the last weekend of the Six Nations. They have Super Saturday and yep. they have all the games on. Um, and I think for me, I think the France um, the France Island game is going to be fireworks. Uh, well, it's going to be one of two. Uh, it's either going to be fireworks or it's going to be an absolute kickathon because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to win a league or win a championship or a Grand Slam. Um, but I don't, I honestly don't think France are built that way. Um, and so I think um, I think you'll actually get a really interesting game, and I'm quite excited for that one. John, same question: What game are you looking forward to that's not a Scotland game? Uh, Wales, England, at the at really? the uh, really? Prince, Prince party. Yeah, I, I just I've just got this feeling. I think it's going to be one of those occasions that you you get at the principality where. Uh, you know, sell out crowds, England. I, as you say, I, I love watching England absolutely panic and lose. And I just think Wales, it's going to be like, you know, in years gone by with Scotland, when we were in really dark times, you had those moments where Scotland won big games and the crowd were insane and 
you know, you saw the fire from the players at the time. And the, the question you always asked is, why aren't we doing this every week? But it's it's a team getting up for a big match. And I think without bringing politics into it just now, I think you've got, um, a, you know, you've got a situation in this country just now where there is a bit more fire going on um, in Wales, in Scotland. I fully expect Wales will be coming out with with. You know, there might be books written about this game in future, put it that way, that I, I think I think Wales, Wales are going to bring full noise for that game. <laughs> and I just I just think it's going to be really exciting. And I've totally just, I've totally the other way I've gone. I'm not looking forward to it. You, you're game. like, aye, they'll, they'll, they'll absolutely smash him. Jack, Jack Newell's going to score 20. And, uh, <laughs> and it's more the fact that he's just going to be boring because England are going to be thinking about a championship and, uh, and Wales are going to be guff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you know, it, it, that's the thing. It might actually be one of those games. It might yeah. be a tactical game, but I just think the occasion and the atmosphere, and I reckon you're going to see some of the biggest collisions. Like if you're talking about like Six Nations games, I think that's the game you're going to see some absolute physicality. Well, as we said at the start, like we're predicting things that are way out there. And of course the first two rounds of the six nations are right in a row, but then there's a nice break. So by the time Wales are hosting England, you know, several weeks will be in between. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be lots of stuff that we just don't know about yet, but either way you're, you're spot on. There's going to be an incredible matchup. I mean, whatever, you, as you say, the millennium or the principality or whatever, it's a, a great place to see a match. The, the atmosphere is always amazing. Um, you guys on your pod were joking around this past week. No, uh, we don't, we don't do that. Serious. I might have to confuse with somebody else. Maybe it was the, thist the thistle. No, it definitely wasn't. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, we're not posh uh, enough for that, for that uh, podcast. Yeah, they don't, I'm clearly not posh enough for that. Don't spend a lot of time joking around those guys. Um, so, but you guys were talking about the the response that you sort of imagined to a guy like Scott Robertson, you know, uh, the, <laughs> you're talking about, you know, the, the stuffy old boys network at the SRU. Um, but apart from that, I'm just going to say he's a highly successful, highly coveted coach who, who wants the international stage, basically knows he's not going to be with the ABs at any time in the, in his future. What do you honestly think about the prospect of having him succeed Gregor? I mean, wouldn't it be nice to see the words succeed and Gregor in the same sentence? <laughs> I, I, I think he's I think he's an absolutely great coach and I think it be it would be a fillet for Scottish rugby to attract him over here. Um I I get the guy's reservations and uh, it's always a risk when you're taking a step up. You know, you're going from club coach to international coach. Um, I think there's other, I think there's other coaches that may be available that Scotland mm. would be more more inclined to look at. Um, but I think Scott Robertson. Fine, <laughs> I'll do it. I see what you're getting at. Fine. You have to fight with Wayne Pivak for that one. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think I could take him. Rob Rob Howley's back. <laughs> Rob Howley's back in the market. We'll be fine. Get, yeah, get the back. <laughs> I feel like there's a 60 40 chance he can make it, and I'll give you three to one. You see, I was, I've, 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 I've cracked that gag so many times, I've stopped doing it, and then I just, you know, <laughs> I was, but, uh, I, uh, no, I, I I'll, I, I'll give you four to one, it never gets old. <laughs> hey, I, I, 
I've got to say I'm starting to change my mind a little bit because I was I was absolutely one of the people who it's very much Scotland fans are living in a fantasy if they think that Scott Robertson is going to come in and, and coach Scotland. There's just absolutely okay. no chance. But I'm start as time goes on and the lack of berths for Scott Robertson to come in to to achieve what he says he wants to achieve. Um the only space on the on the merry-go-round that's going to be available um, when when he's ready to move on is the Scotland job. Yeah. Right. So you know, unless he comes to France and he gets a big money offer to come and coach a team in France, um, so you know, because I don't think at this current moment in time anyone in the English Premiership, apart from Bath, apparently, have the money to be spending big on a on a coach. So um, I think I think he's either going to go to France to try and you know do do something with another team to show people that he isn't a flash in the pan, um, or as Scotland have done many times before, they'll just bring him in and throw him into the fire as they see and uh, see what happens. So there is a chance now. I think you know it really is. The the, the, the problem with that. So I, I, it depends on his ambition. Obviously, he's been quite vocal that he wants to be an international coach. And I don't think, like, so the All Blacks, this is the first time the All Blacks have done that kind of not having someone who's had international experience elsewhere. Mm. And it's been problematic in some ways. You know, they've had they've had issues and you could argue this isn't necessarily a vintage All Blacks team. But, you know, you look at the talent in that team, there's plenty of good players there. The coaching hasn't been necessarily correct. So I think the All Blacks will want them to internationally manage. And as you say, Craig, the window for that is closing. There's there's not mm. many viable options. The counter to that point would be... <laughs> now, let's play a scenario for a second, Craig, right? And you've seen this happen once before, right? So I'm fed up with you putting me into scenarios. Oh, well, you'll like this one. You'll like this one. So highly rated uh, New Zealand coach uh, with significant club rugby experience goes to become Scotland international manager. A then aspiring Scotland uh, coach who now believes he's ready for the international scene demands to be given the international job. Um, Said New Zealand coach then is fired and uh, international job given to Scottish coach. um, The... New Zealander is never heard from again and is nowhere near the All Blacks job. Does that sound familiar? Could that could that be something that happens? I obviously for those that don't know, it's that's the path that Gregor Townsend came in um, through Vern Cotter, and I absolutely understand what you're saying, John. But I don't. I oh god, I'm going to say something here, and it's going to. It's going to come back and bite me. But Here we go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Honestly, don't think the SRU are that stupid again. We do hey, bingo. I've got bingo. Full house. <laughs> <laughs> because they honestly, you know, the, you know, they... Hold on a second, I'm every, writing it down. I don't everybody think the SRU here. are that stupid. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I... Uh, I, I, I was regretting it as I was thinking about saying it. <laughs> you know, when you know you should actually listen to the voices inside your head, well, that was one of them. But, um, I think for me, it was the, the big issue is that um, everybody and their dog knows now that Gregor Townsend was put into the Scotland job too, too quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did very, don't get me wrong, he, he, he made a big change. And talking about a, 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 
a Scotland a manager changing a team within a year. He 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 did do a few things yeah. well. Um, the problem we have now is that for his longevity, and, and funnily enough, he has been he has had longevity as Scotland coach, but that's mainly because there was nobody else daft enough to do it. But um, <laughs> uh, but he has been at this point where you know I think he could have been a, a phenomenal coach if he'd had that little bit extra time. And he'd and he'd been he'd been give you know thrown into a team that has a huge amount of money thrown into it, so he's got a lot of pressure, um, and a lot of and, and every single detail of his of his coaching is is um uh, is scrutinised. John made a really yep. no, it wasn't John. It was I think it was Cami on our podcast made a really really good point, um, uh, last week, and that was that Townsend was never really scrutinised to this level. When he when he won yeah. the, when he when he played when he coached Glasgow because yeah. social media wasn't at that level at that time um, it was getting there but it wasn't at the level it is now um, rugby wasn't in Scotland especially the the pro teams weren't at the level that they were at um, that they are at now there's not as much scru- there wasn't as much scrutiny at that point in time so I, I think um, I think we. You know, we all know where, where the problems can lie. So, and if and if John is obviously, you know, I, you know, John's obviously talking about the uh, the king of it, you know, the the Edinburgh um, genius that is Mike Blair, but um, you know, or Pete Horn actually of all players, um, but uh, you know, one of those two are on are on a pretty big crash course for the Scotland job at some point. Yeah, but um, I, think so. uh, I, th- I think we need if if Scott Robertson if we. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even talking about it. If Scott Robertson's available, we should take Scott, him. If Scott, Robertson, <laughs> if Scott Robertson actually turns around and goes, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, I'd like to <laughs> coach your really, you know, your, your weird team that has lots of promise and actually doesn't do anything with it. Um, you know, I think, um, I think, yeah, let's, let's, let's have a go. Let's have a go and let's see everyone. <laughs> let's see all the, all the folks saying aye. You're no dancing now, are you, son? <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines from this week's pod, by the way. Oh, honestly. <laughs> I loved I, lo- I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but someone was like, that, that is officially the line that might get Scottish Rugby Podcast cancelled. Cammy, <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> the chaos demon himself. So, guys, y'all are simply the best. As always, I've had so much fun. Please tell us what's coming up for the Scottish Rugby Pod. Uh, anything new that we should be on the lookout for? And on a personal note, are either of you going to any of these Six Nations games? Are you going to see any of these matches in person? So I, I'm certainly not going to any of the games. Um, I, I, I'll be I'll be watching them at home just with scheduling and various things. So uh, I'll be watching them at home. Um, don't know about you, Craig. Are you? I will. I will be at the Wales game. Um, with, beside Johnny McGinty, listening to him nice. telling everyone around him that he's on a podcast. So he, do, um, he does like mentioning <laughs> it, doesn't he? Yeah, he, 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 likes he, he doesn't it. like to talk about it. He doesn't like to talk about it. No, but, um, he's, yeah, he's a shy he's, boy. <laughs> well, it's it's not easy to get a podcast. You can't just start one and just. You, oh, you can't just do it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, uh, we, me and the uh, me and the uh, the boys. Um, uh, although we are missing one of the crew that usually go, he has just he's moved to Inverness and he's um, he's not going to manage to travel down, and we're we're gutted about that. But yeah, we're going to have a 
uh, enjoy your time and um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll have a pint for all of your listeners and yourself, David, while we're there. I can't in ter- wait. In terms of new stuff coming up in the podcast, it'll, you'll be, MD listening to us will be subjected to the same nonsense for a good wee while. Um, we're always You're kind of obligated for- to do your own Six Nations preview, right? Is that coming? We'll, we'll, be, doing, we'll be doing our own version of it, yes. Um, I'm I mean, we've sure- covered it all. You don't, you don't have to. Well, exactly. You know that is it, sometimes you're really good at getting us on before we do our own one. Because then what we do is we go, well, actually, as mentioned on the Scum of the Earth podcast, <laughs> and it's just ah, like marketing of doom. Um, <laughs> over, over the Six Nations, we'll we'll probably attempt to do our only fins uh, previews, where once the squad's announced, we'll we'll kind of do a Friday a Friday afternoon mm. preview as well, which they've proven quite popular amongst the fans uh, it's normally a, an opportunity to half an hour cut loose uh, and we, we are uh, we, we, we are looking at options uh, we have we have a few things maybe coming up for the women's six nations as well which we're very excited about and, yes that was, uh, that was going to be my point so that's good job we, 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 uh, yeah uh, surprisingly enough Craig occasionally I'm organized I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> thank god it's on yeah. somebody else's pod right <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Um, no, so we've got we've got some big plans for the, six, the women's Six Nations this year, uh, and we are continuing to work our networks to see in terms of uh, special guests and various things because we know these guys have obviously been really complimentary over the years for the for the special episodes we we do. Um, but yeah, really, we'll just be continuing to take our unique take on Scottish rugby and calling out the big issues as we see them. Uh, and and promoting where we can what what, what we see is uh, a great sport that needs a wee bit of tweaking at the moment. Just just a little bit, just here and there. Uh, Senors, so great to see you both. Maybe we get together again after this tournament to celebrate just how wrong we got all of the things we just talked about. I mean, speak um, for yourselves. Well, now now you've noted it all down. <laughs> Um, you're going to be like John Anderson when it comes to uh, the Scottish Rugby Pod on calling me out on everything that I've ever said in my entire life. <laughs> well, in, in Craig's favour, we can use a nice West Wing reference and just stand there in our wrongness being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys can absolutely do that whilst I stand on ceremony being right. With your, <laughs> with your smug face on you. Oh, sitting there going, I, do, I told you so. I do smug, I do smug face brilliantly. However, can I just, can I just, can I just say in my defence, um, I did get a, a certain call right uh, when it came to the autumn nations. Um, we had a, I had my networks did, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The networks were working. All right, the networks were working, and I got my call right. So let's just say that, um, I, mind you. Um, what did they you say were absolutely about? kicking it throughout it though, Craig. You were worried it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I really no, was. What, yeah. what is this? Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not picking up what you're laying down right now. What Sorry, is one of my one of my uh, I, one of my contacts. I, I was uh, I um, found out that Finn Russell was coming back for the um, uh, what game was it? The now? Zealand, it was the, the, New New, the New Zealand game. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and actually, it, it actually worked out that. I was kind of gazumped because he was he came back because Adam Hastings was the official line was Adam Hastings was injured so they had to bring the fourth best ten in Scotland back to play. <laughs> um, but from from what I was being told and and it was a significant 
person um, in in Scottish rugby that told me that Finn Russell was coming back anyway. So um, it was, uh, you know, so... Uh, Ooh, look but, at you. So bless bless you. your wee face when it happened, though. You were so happy. So you were so, actually, happened. you were so, oh, so relieved. Exactly. Because <laughs> to tell you, just to, you know, how they say they don't, don't find out how sausages are made on laws, but um, to give you a bit, <laughs> a, ba- a bit of background about it, I, I just put on, you know, I got excited and said, you won't believe this, but Finn Russell's coming back for the New Zealand game on into our messenger chat. And within about 10 minutes, Cammy had put it on Tweeted. to Twitter. Exclusive. <laughs> Scottish rugby pod. This is exclusive. Finn Russell's coming back for the New Zealand. And I was like, but I will <laughs> just that 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 happened quickly. Um wait, so yeah wait, just... you saw how quickly when I mentioned the Scott Cummings thing yeah. the other day in our group chat. It was like I mentioned something about Scott Cummings and within 20 seconds Rory had posted it in an article. Hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, bro. <laughs> like... so, so let's let's just say me being a little bit more naive with the social media side of things than are uh, or behind on the social media front than our friend, all of all of you guys are. Um I te- I was I was cacking it a little bit. I had a little bit <laughs> of a, a worry about it. Ah uh, you were spot on though mate. I was there. My friends, thank you again. And as always, to everyone listening all over the globe, cheers. Talk to you soon. And, of course, be well. Cheers, all. Cheers, guys.